For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure you select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes every Thursday. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 100! Woo! Yeah! Woo! Sound like a Oh, my word. And I will provide a link to who created that in our uh, description and all that good stuff. But, wow, we have done it. We have talked about this for a while. We even mentioned it on last week's episode. We finally got to 100. Big wow. milestone. The Honda. Congratulations all around. Big pat on the back to you guys. Firm handshakes. Episode C. No no handshakes, buddy. Oh, you're right. No, I'm handshaking. I'm handshaking. You are? I'm immune to it. I'm immune to the virus. Oh, you already had it? Or are you just immune? Both. Wow. I guess you could say that you're, you know, a real man of courage. Nice. (laughs) I'm the man of courage. (laughs) Mustard Man of Courage. Mustard Man. That's a movie I'd watch. Oh, yeah. And with episode 100 comes something very special. Here at Mackey Studios, we have decided to make our own award to give it to ourselves for being so great and making it this far. You've probably already noticed, if you've clicked on the podcast to listen to this week, our logo now has... An award that Brahm and I came up with together, and he created an amazing logo. Brahm, what what are we now the recipient of? Uh, well, Kyle, uh, on behalf of you and everyone here at the Submersion team, I am proud to present to us the Golden Wrench, commemorating yeah, 100 episodes. I mean... It's everything that I hoped and dreamed for. Um, I think when both me and Patrick were growing up as children, uh, we used to talk about it all the time, the Golden Wrench. And I never thought this day would come. And I'd like to thank all the little people that made it possible um, that I could be here today. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Very heartfelt. Anyone else want to thank anybody? I'd like to thank no. the big man upstairs. It's the guy who lives upstairs? Yep. How big uh, is he? Uh, six foot nine. Whoa. That's a pretty wow. big man. That's a very big man. That's right. A man's man. Is he courageous? He is. He is a man of courage. He's my, my best friend, Alex. <laughs> it's the USS Big colon man of courage. Big man of courage. I'd like and to say something. On, oh. You say something. You say something. You know, back when we were just mere boys, and now we've grown into dear men. Hmm. Dear men. Hmm. I dear men. remembered thinking to myself, wow, 
I don't like this Jamie guy. That's true. But times changed. People wow. changed. And we found out together that friends and family last forever. So, Zach, does that mean my uh, invitation to your wedding is still lost in the mail or what? It is no longer. No. <laughs> <laughs> Released today. <laughs> Boiling hatreds have cooled over into warm friendships. Nice. I, I do. Uh, I want to I want to ask a question. Uh, we have. A sixth man on the podcast tonight. This is our largest crew ever. Uh, coming to us, all in here. yeah. We squeezed into the wet floater, all of us together. Coming to us from England uh, oh. is the is the jolly good Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing during this coronavirus crisis? Cheer- cheerios. That's my catchphrase from England. Uh, it's going fine. Everyone in London's they sometimes they get dumb and they go out to parks and stuff. The parks are still very busy at times. But otherwise, our our prime minister appears to have pulled through from from his scare with coronavirus. Not to um, to date the podcast too specifically, but uh, yeah, no, it's going fine. I'm, we're sheltering in place as usual, um, and yeah, not doing really doing not doing much. Uh, I'm glad to be on the podcast, though. Honored, honored, really for the hundredth podcast. Well, we're glad. Well, that to have is you. good to hear. <laughs> Yes, we are glad you were here. Have you been doing anything different in quarantine? I know you've been making some pretty incredible uh, photos of yourself. Yes, so yeah, I've uh, I've taken the self improvement route. So I'm teaching myself how to put my face into bad movie posters, and now I'm going. <laughs> I'm doing some data analysis on bad movie actors, and I'm now going to teach myself. A little JavaScript, a little D3 to make those plots interactive, hopefully. So we'll see. Basically, just a lot of bad movie stuff. Jamie seems very excited about it. So. Uh, I'm extremely excited about it. We're trying to mine uh, and, and discover, actually, new and unknown B-list, C-list, D-list, all the way down to Z-list action stars throughout mm. the year. Because there's ones that you know, like Michael Dudikoff. <laughs> ever heard of him? But Nick there's Cage. other ones. <laughs> yeah, right? But there's other ones that people may not know about. Um People like would you call them stars then, Jamie? Well, they are leading actors, so they they are they star okay. in movies. The movies yeah. just are very small and terrible, and usually you can't find them or watch yes. them. Yes, they're stars like Air Bud is a star. Get my drift. Like the dog. That dog is amazing. Yeah, and he starred in how many films exactly? That before same he, dog, probably one before he died. Yeah, I actually think that's true. I think he tragically died after the first one. Yeah. But anyways. Wow. <laughs> Goodness. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know anything about the data mining you've been doing, but Jamie did share some of the photos that you've been working on. And I got to yeah. say, they are pretty darn good. Yeah. If you need any, uh, your faces put into any um, submersion posters, maybe uh, you could pay me lots of money and I'll do it. All right. Yeah. Well, we're about to all get stimulus checks here. So it looks like I know what I'm spending <laughs> mine on. Yeah. I don't think I get any of those because I'm. I'm not a resident of the U.S. and yet I'm not a citizen of the U.K. So I don't think I get anything, which is quite interesting. But anyway, I should write a letter. Yeah, no, I can't be bothered. Can I? Still have a job, despite the fact that there's no football. I work for a football stats company, and there's no football, and yet I'm still getting paid. So, don't uh, don't throw around all this U.K. mumbo jumbo football. Come on. Oh, sorry, soccer. Huh. Jamie, do you watch Sunderland till I die? I do not. Neither have I. I'm a I'm a Notts County fan, so. Knotts County? Yeah, they're fifth level. 
The people who own my company also own that team. So I'm now obliged to be fans of the team. And uh, so Sunderland is in League One. That would be third level then? Is that how that would work? Yes, that is third level. Gotcha. So technically, this this team, Sunderland, could drop all the way to fourth or fifth level if they keep getting relegated. They very likely will not go that far down. Okay. Anybody uh, know what we're talking about right that's, now? I mean, no, I was going to no. say, what the heck's going on? normally, no. I know this episode. <laughs> what began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, Alex the Mustard Man, the artist formerly known as Brom, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle L. Capitan, and Zach the Backbone present Submersion. All right. Here it is. Here it is. Now, there it is. We're talking about episode 100. There's an actor that's near and dear to very many of us that we haven't seen in any of our films yet. And that was disappointing, to be honest. But we changed all that. We did. We, for better, for worse, we changed that. Oh, for the better. (laughs) Actually, should we do the classic? Alex, what do we watch? For this 100th episode, we watched the USS Indianapolis Men of Courage, which stars... None other than Nicolas Cage. And to be honest with you, when I tell people randomly that I'm sometimes on this podcast, this is one of the first movies they always ask if we've done. And I've always had to say, no, thank God. But here we are. We finally have. So <laughs> <laughs> I can finally tell people uh, that we've finally done this. Interesting story. I actually met Nicolas Cage once. Uh, really? Just kind of a quick wow. passing by. My dad, he used to live out in California. I think some of you guys know that. And I would go visit him. And one of these times, we actually made a trip out to Las Vegas, and we were taking an elevator out of a casino, and he was in there, and he looked pretty dang sad. And I was like, hey, Mr. Cage, or Nicholas, I don't remember what I said. I was like, big fan. And he kind of looked at me, and he said, just having a bad day. The reading I had for a movie recently did not go very well. And he got out of the elevator. That was all that was said. And I was like, well, goddamn. A year later, Ghost Rider 2 came out. So I can only assume that was <laughs> wow. it. I thought for sure that was heading towards a joke where he said something about leaving Las Vegas and it turned out to be not true. That's what yeah, I thought too. Nope, nope, nope. So I think the what we found out is that he tanked so hard that he had to settle and do Ghost Rider 2. No, I think he, he actually still read for Ghost Rider 2 anyways. And I just don't think he <laughs> felt good about it. Really? Oh, yeah. You think he I feel like he'd rock. be a lock. Yeah, I would think so, too. No. Nope. They're going re- to recast? No. Nope. Oh, you know what? He may have been reading for the the co-stars. Like, he's sitting there reading, and then the people are reading. They're trying to interact. And he was like, all these people cannot live up to my level. It was awful. Was right? he wrong, think though? that was it? What's that? Was he wrong, though? No, no one could live up to him. Do you remember that movie? Ghost Rider 2, he pees fire. Yeah. Come on. I need to see that one then. How have you not? I don't know. I've got Ghost Rider 1 on Blu-ray, thanks to my brother from episode three. Uh, you might remember him. but He is on the podcast. Right? He seen... is our seventh man. Keenan, how are you doing? Oh, hey, guys. Uh, it's uh, me. So happy to be here. <laughs> Keenan. Keenan. Keenan, it's been a long time. 
oh yeah it's uh it's, it's been a real long time and uh just want to say i just really like being here but i'm not i don't know i don't got much to say tonight <laughs> all right okay, we'll, we'll check back in with you for your review later <laughs> your brother is bobcat right. Gothwaite. <laughs> all right thanks <clears throat> what's our uh, what's our goal tonight are we trying to make this a two-hour episode yeah. three-hour episode it's probably gonna happen no matter what look how far <laughs> no. into this we are already we need it let's let's get some wheels turning here boys. i kind of thought that was the goal with it's it 1.30 in the morning in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we you did got watch. nothing to do. So that's not our fault, man. You can you handle know. it. Yeah. yeah, we didn't force you to live there. It's true. It's true. Time heals all. Okay. All right, so we did watch USS Indianapolis: Men of Courage. That starred Nick Cage. Who else did it star? Anyone else we uh, we recognize? Yeah, uh, we had Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore. Sizemore. Yep. Also, the dad from Dexter, Thomas oh, yeah, Jane, Jane was James in there. Yeah, Thomas Punisher. Jane, the Punisher. That's right. And Friend then of the show, we talked about him before. Yeah, it was directed by Mario von Peebles. Mario uh, von Peebles, which people maybe know from, I don't even Badass. know. Yeah, or Draws the Revenge, right? Yes. Yeah. But he was a director. Big shark guy, then, huh? Huge shark guy. Shark, I should say shark man, because he's half shark, half man, too. Oh, okay. Street right. shark? He is not a street shark, because he's half man, half shark. It, but, like, half his legs are men. His top half is a shark. It's, like, different. That's a street shark. No, no, no. A street shark is a mixture of a man and a shark. Okay. Anyways. All we right, could, let's we get We can debate this. street sharks all the time. Uh, no, we can't. Uh, so, <laughs> you will have to remind me a little bit. How does this exactly start? So it starts with Nick Cage just putting this mask on and catching on fire, and he turns Whoa. into a skeleton. He's a skeletor, and he's like, no. "I'm the Ghost Rider." That he's like, he's like, "Fire, fire, fire, fire! You fire over there, you fire over there!" And then oh, someone drops right. a bomb on the ship, and then that's they right. Put the it the ship gets damaged. That's yeah. the idea, right? Okay, okay. It I does. Was, I was kind of forgetting. I forgot how they got into San Francisco port. Is yeah. that yeah? They're doing all this stuff, firing, firing, firing. A plane comes in, damages them, and now they have to go into port. And they're told to kind of like, you have to actually be fixed. You have to fix really, 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 really fast. Because they have people come on board kind of being like, you got a super secret, extra special, super duper 100th episode mission right now. To And it's like pretty vital to the United States and the vital to the future of humanity and the future of potentially having a podcast called Submersion. And Nick Cage is like, okay. Definitely 100%. We're going to be ready. And I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. Wink, wink, wink. Um, they also were installing something on like the floor. Did anyone understand what that was that they were putting into the floor? Was it something to, to detect like radiation levels or something like that? No. So I, according – well, I listened to the Flophouse episode, which is another podcast. Uh, I, won't, I won't really get into it. I know. I won't really get into it, but they theorized. They didn't know either, but they theorized it was the um, – the actual thing that sets the bomb off, so like the radioactive. Uh, so it was in a lead shield. I see. That makes more sense. Yeah. The room. yeah. Yeah. I didn't really totally understand that, but it did seem like uh, Nicholas Cage got a little inkling about what was going on because there was this weird shit. They were installing this weird thing in the corner of this room, and they were kind of being t- uh, told like, "It's got to be ready, quick, uh, because it's it's very very important." And at that point, where the war was heading and stuff like that, there was a lot of speculation okay are we gonna invade and potentially japan and potentially lose a lot of uh men or is the possibility of a secret 
kind of a Manhattan Project atomic bomb? Is that really going to come into play? And so he seemed to have kind of an idea that was going on. He also goes and talks to um, uh, Sizemore, who's uh, kind of on the deck. And he's, I don't know, like he, I guess he was the cob of sorts for the boat, I think. Uh, you could call him that for this. Yeah, I mean, he's like the engine room guy, right? I guess. He's like he like the he- heads up the boat, keeps everything ship shape, and he's kind of like a hard ass, but he's also funny. And it's like Tom Sizemore in general is just like a crazy weirdo, and like I don't know, it seemed like he almost was cast in movies because he was a crazy weirdo, and he was yeah. he delivered well, on. Remember on him this in, one. Remember him in Black Hawk Down, like literally all kinds of bullets are flying, stuff's getting hit right next to him. He's just walking around the entire time, just doesn't care. <laughs> I guess. Right. He's, he's good. I, guess I always, I always remember him from <clears throat> Always Sunny. He's the uh, semi-truck driver that picks up Charlie and Dennis uh, thinking that they're lot lizards, and he wants them to <laughs> split them open like Swiss cheese. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so he's crazy. He's a crazy guy. And anyways, he, yeah, he's like <clears throat> kind of razzing everyone and stuff like that. We also get this crazy thing because like – most of the time, Nick Cage is narrating. He's like, uh, my soldiers, like, oh, and we really, it was a really tough time out there with the sharks, uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, just randomly in the very beginning of the movie, we get some narration by um, one of the sailors that are, is, ends up on the USS Indianapolis. And they're kind of on leave uh, in San Francisco. And he's taking his friend over to uh, visit this girl he likes. And the friend's like, well, why wouldn't you, why haven't you like, said anything he's like oh, i've loved this girl since i was like in sunday school since i was like a kid but like i haven't made any i'm just like a i'm just like a grunt like i'm a i'm a, a sailor on on this boat like uh, i need to be better i need to get that promotion i need to be making more money i need to have promise in a future before i can do anything like even ask her on a date like you'll see the dad's like a big shot so they come in and his friend's like whoa look at that house like a giant mansion and even we get even like a little scene of the dad who's obviously kind of like a big time business guy kind of discussing the possibilities of the bomb and all this kind of stuff. And and the guy, the friend is like, well, this seems great. Let's go inside. They go inside. He's like, I'm going to teach these ladies how to dance. He's kind of sent up with the, with the girls to kind of just like have some fun while the, the father wants to discuss more seriously something with the, the other guy. And the guy goes in there. And they're like, what's the possibility of dropping a bomb, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of like a, a scene to, to set him as being more of the serious one. He comes out and his friend is totally cutting a rug with all the ladies. And they are like, he is a gas. Oh boy, he's Nito Burrito, saying all kinds of just catchphrases of the time. And they're like, oh boy, he sure is the best. And he's like, oh shit. Because we know what happens I think they're now. even hugging there like a real... You know, dirty dancing type embrace, aren't they? That's a good call. It is just like dirty dancing. In fact, I think this movie was originally a, a dirty dancing remake, but then they made it into this movie. Odd. I wonder how that happened. And that's a Zach Beck. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so Zach's like frantically crossing that. Out. Oh, I gotta think of another. Yeah. One. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly the the timing of this is all kind of crazy too, because that must have happened like a little while before. Because <laughs> then they flash forward in time somehow, even though the boat has to be like fixed really quickly. And he's already like ready to effing propose. He's like super into this chick. He's like, uh, I love her, man. And the guy's like, the friend is like, man, I'm really disappointed that I, I was in love with her, but like, 
just be. <laughs> and I introduced you to. Yeah, but like, just be serious. Don't be. Don't be. Don't get like super upset because it's probably not going to go super well when you tell your parents, tell her parents that you guys are gonna, like going to be getting married or say, being serious and dating and stuff. And he's like, oh, whatever, and goes down to dinner. Then immediately we cut to them, him storming off because it did not go well. Why? Because he's like a nobody. And he's just like, uh, he's like a slickster from like where I'm not even sure where he's from. And he's got the ring. He's like, I was going to propose. And what am I supposed to do now? Like, it's all like ruined. And they even know they have a, a character who's kind of like a writer. And he's writing down the scene kind of very clearly the guy, the one kid who's always been in love with a girl, he's still in love with her, obviously, from his body language, just clear, while the other guy's just, like, really upset. And so a fight starts they to... They go off and... They, yeah, they go off and, like, they're going to go drink their sorrows or some yeah. kind of something. And all these sailors are on leave, and somehow some racially charged incident happens where right. two guys are going to get into a giant fight in an alleyway. And, I mean, there's, what, like, 50 people there ready to fight? It's oh, crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they all they all get in there. They're gonna they're gonna brawl and stuff like that. And while they're getting like jostled around, he kind of he he lo- loses his ring. His ring comes the ring comes out of his pocket. And uh, at that moment, they're told the people come up and say, "We're shipping out. USS Indianapolis is heading out now. Like you all have to get in and you know go to the boat." And the two people who are fighting are thrown in the brig. Uh, and interesting, we, isn't it? What that they're like basically. Weren't they like taken by the police and they're like, you guys got to take them with you? Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't said, put them in jail. They're just like, put them on the ship. Whatever. They put them on Get ship. Them they put them on the ship jail. Anyway. Classic ship jail. Classic. I mean, that's it's the term. Every time. I know it's, it's a scientific term. It may be hard to understand, but it's a jail on a ship. And so uh, we also see one of the other sailors just kind of like, gambling guy um he finds the ring on the ground and like takes it so we now he has the ring all this kind of stuff the anyways one ring. yeah exactly yeah so it's a prequel to Success. lord of the rings and uh he so they, they ship out he starts losing his hair and getting real skinny and small <laughs> yeah sure uh but one of the one of the problems is like with this whole mission is because it's so secret which i didn't didn't totally understand i i assume this is exactly how it happened but basically they're like Aren't we gonna have a? Um, aren't we gonna have like an escort because of submarines? And they're like, no, because it's super secret. You're not even supposed to be out there. And it's like, wouldn't it be way more suspicious to, for this random boat to be like out there without an escort? Wouldn't it make more sense that there is an escort? I don't know. It seemed crazy that it's like, and you have a super secret, top secret thing on there, and you got to be real secret so you don't get an escort. Like, that, that's just like an obvious flag that you would have a super secret thing going on. So you don't have an yeah. escort. But I think what they're trying to do is to get a sub, to get an escort and stuff, it takes more time to mobilize them too. And they needed to get mm. what they were carrying, That's true. secret stuff, on over into position ASAP. Yeah, they're, no, they're going. To, no, 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 no. I think they, they, no, they, just, they no. just didn't want the sh- they They didn't want to indicate the ship existed at all. And right. so having another ship, like a destroyer just floating around, indicated there was another ship. But that's like if you read the Wikipedia, all this stuff seems to be fake. Like right, at least, okay. at least the one where they after they dropped it off, and then they were going to the next place, wherever Philippines to like do training. In that one, they just didn't. They just decided not to give them an escort. It was just like a, deci- a, a, a normal decision at that point. Well, that's rude. Uh, it's rude. Yeah. 
And I had some tude. So they, yeah, they're, so they're, they're going really fast to the Philippines to try to drop off this, uh, drop off the bomb. Uh, it's not a secret now for the viewer. Uh, they are carrying the atomic bomb. Uh, but uh, so they're going, they're going off. And it is kind of crazy with the timing here. They show some scenes in the boat, obviously, of people, uh, the people who are in the jail not getting along and kind of razzing each other and, and talking to each other. And, and the, the guy who lost the ring kind of going around speculating who has the ring, who has the ring. I, you know, I know who has the ring. This guy has the ring and that kind of stuff. And also they, they really, really, really hate the new XO on the boat, this kind of young guy who sucks. And they're like, uh, fuck him. They're like feeding him all kinds of gross shit. They're spitting in his like food and they are, um, they're making fun of him like, uh, in like little skits and stuff like that. And he just generally sucks. He's like an Ivy league, whatever, like, right. Like fuck him. Right. He's a crazy guy. Yeah. And also during this, we do get a staple that we've seen in a lot of these older sub movies. So, we do cut over eventually, and we see the I-58 mm. Japanese sub lurking in the oh, waters. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, my gosh. Here we go. And so he's the captain is, I mean, he's not having a really great track record. He said he's been at this for four years. There's no confirmed kills. All of a sudden, they see the ship in their periscope. And one of the big things with Japanese subs at this time is they have the kite and torpedoes. And I know who everyone who's listened remembers that I talked about those way back in Japanese movie month. They're basically the suicide torpedoes where you get in it and you're just going to ram a ship and blow up and that's it for you. They launch one because they see the ship and they connect and everything starts going crazy on the USS Indianapolis. People are freaking out. Alarms are going off. Everything is going on. A guy really hurts his hand using a wrench. It's like classic. Here we go. Wait, so are you, are you talking about the Kitan attack with, on the USS Indianapolis? Yeah, because there was there was a previous one that they showed as well, where they tried to attack like a like a random boat in the water. Like that's a merchant what I'm ship. talking about, Jamie. Right, that's the merchant ship where they about. miss it. They miss the merchant ship. So no, the, they hit it. No, no, no. They miss it. They miss it, and they send there's a merchant. But like the the Kitan has gone, and it, it's they're dead. And he's like all sad I about the I thought they hit the it, Kyle. sunk it, and they're like, that Kyle, was a merchant that, ship. What was happening in that movie from what I think I understood it as was is that you, it, the movie was making you think that they did hit <laughs> the USS Indianapolis. Right, right, yeah, yeah. But yes. it was just a drill. It was just a drill. The I USS said, Indianapolis yeah. was a drill. They even yeah, said it. It was a drill. <laughs> yes. No, I know that. <laughs> Right. But they do that, and they hit the merchant ship and sink no, no, no. it. Though. They don't, no, they don't sink the merchant ship. And the guy ship. dies for no reason. No, Kyle, no, you don't ship. understand. It was a drill. I know, <laughs> but it was a, it was a, they missed the merchant. Anyways, and and he also has his, the the captain also has some weird stuff where he's always talking to his like ancestor. It's kind of a weird, interesting scene where like in this back in the background, this old man is like talking to him, but it's clearly like his like ancestor oh. that he's talking to, like a g- 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 ghost. Yeah. Like a spooky ghost. And I was totally spooks, spooked. I was like, whoa. Um, and so anyways, yeah, it's a big it's a big drill for the U.S. Indianapolis uh, where it turns out like the all African-American um, crew is the only one that gets under time. And so they're all like, uh, fuck all you guys, all you racist people. And they get they get time off while everyone has to run it again. Right. Right. And then they make it to the Philippines in the fastest, like, ever. Ever. They're, like, record-breaking time. They actually were in the Guinness Book of World Records for fastest time to the Philippines. And they drop off the 
um, bomb. And everyone's like, you are American heroes. Congratulations. And also, uh, you don't get any escort. And Nicholas Cage is like, please, for the love of God, give me an escort. And they're like, no. And he's like, shit. And so they head off. And they're supposed to just like zigzag in general. Like, eh, just generally zigzag. And he's like, ah, oh, the chitons. That'll never trick the chitons. Um, and so they get they, they hit bad weather. And basically part of the order is like, unless it's bad, if it's bad weather, you don't have to zigzag because that could be dangerous. So, you know, you can just go straight. So he looks, it's really, really foggy. And he's like, we're just going to go straight. At this point, the I-58 submarine is there again. Not this time, not with a merch ship. This time, really with the U.S. Indianapolis. Kyle, are you following this? Yes. I'm following it the first time, and they totally hit that merchant ship. I don't think they did. Look it I don't up. Think I'm check it out. And it up. Um, this time, though, it's like they're, they're dead in the water, basically. They're just going along. They got the chitons, but they don't even need the chitons because they're just, they're just like going straight or whatever. So he just whips out a couple of torpedoes, shoots them out, uh, the U.S. Indianapolis obviously freaks out, but they get they more or less get blown to smithereens. They they are they are not going to be able to stop what's going on. They're going to sink. We get some really kind of dramatic um, scenes of them trying everyone trying to escape. So you get like the prisoners. Uh, one guy gets out, but they drop the keys in the rising quickly rising water and like leave. But someone comes back to save the guy. Um, and is is kind of like it's this weird scene where he they get like caught in the uh, jail cell. They're like, oh, I guess we're gonna die, but then the boat cracks open and they just leave anyways. It's like, well, that's kind of a interesting way of telling that narr- narrative. Um, uh, the uh, the priest guy or what a chaplain is like a hero. He's like going around saving people and doing all kinds of heroic stuff. Nick Cage is kind of making sure everyone's um, going where they they need to be. And I think he was supposed to be like the last one off the boat, but he gets thrown due to an explosion um, off of the boat and into the water. Um, a bunch of other people are able to get into life rafts. A bunch of other people are kind of hanging like Titanic style onto the boat. Um, somehow they jump off the boat, like a million of them jump off the boat and you're like, oh, I guess that person died. But then it just shows them land, landing nicely in the water and swimming away. And it's like, what? So like a lot of it doesn't make a huge amount of sense because this movie is uh, a pile of shit. Uh, whoa, and, whoa, whoa. Spoilers. Whoa. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> what whoa. the heck? And so anyways, they're, they're all kind of uh, swimming away. And uh, in the end, the, the sun rises and we see that they are um, a bunch of souls stranded in the middle of the ocean. Uh, oh, they also were able to, they were able to send some, um, quick distress signals uh, off. But in the Philippines or wherever it was closest, uh, they got these things and they said, no, it's a trick. Like we don't send anyone out there. They're just trying to trick us. Uh, it's not like a real thing. And like, uh, and the guy's like, are you sure? Like we should probably like check it out. And he's like, no, it's like a totally a trick. Don't even worry about it. I did just watch the scene. They did miss this ship. I'm always right. See, last last episode, Brahm was like, no, it's Yamamoto or whatever, and making me confused about names, and I was right. I still think the jury's out on that. I don't know. I no, uh, Jamie Jamie was correct, and mm. uh, it is a growing pattern where I challenge Jamie and then ultimately have to eat crow, so yeah. I'm not going to correct him anymore. That's why they call me the ointment. I'm always on topic and on top of the, to- on top of the topic, right? The ointment? I think that's, I think that's right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so they're all now they're all scattered into boats um, or in the water. And almost immediately, I mean, 
for lack of a better term, this movie descends into kind of an unpleasant shark porn. It becomes basically just watching people in the water getting eaten by sharks over and not and just over and not over. like good looking sharks. I mean, this is some horrible CGI sharks, man. Now, I need, to, I, need to, I need to cut in. Got it. Yeah. Got to yeah. cut in, especially on episode 100. I might have missed it, Jamie. Um, <laughs> during your beautifully well-spoken um, movie yeah. summary. Yeah, of course. But did we did we mention that the sharks are the incorrect sharks in the movie? No, I mean, we just got to the sharks. Like literally, this is the moment. <laughs> this, is, this is the moment. Yeah. Because remember, this Kyle, it, these are supposed to be great white sharks. They said it's it in true. the movie. Great they white did. sharks. It was not great white sharks in what history. What were they? Um, soft nose, soft back, white nose, belly, shark, something. Yeah. Doesn't seem like doesn't seem like you got your facts straight. Something like that. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> five percent. You could um, dish it out, but you can't take it. That's what you're saying. I think it would only be natural for Zach to not have his facts straight. Right, that's true. Uh, so anyways, yeah, it was just like a lot of sharks, a lot of people being eaten by sharks. We do see some some particular things happening. At one point, that asshole XO, like, seems like he maybe gets like a little delirious or maybe like uh, a little uh, arrogant and is like, we're going to paddle to safety. Uh, and he, he picks a bunch of, of the stronger, more able men and starts paddling people away. People aren't injured either because yeah. they're not bleeding, attracting sharks. And he like paddles away. They don't really mention whether that just means they paddled and eventually died. Because you'd think they would have started to search around. And how far could he really paddle? You'd think he would eventually would actually have been rescued if he didn't die of exposure uh, as they paddled away. But anyways, I think he was also the only point. person with a gun, right? Uh, yeah. And then Nick Cage is kind of he's like away from everyone. So he's I don't even know how far he could be because a couple people swim between the two groups. Uh, but he's there and he's kind of trying to take care of Sizemore and. If anyone wants to watch, just watch like one piece of this movie and get like a sense of what's going on, uh, probably watch Nick Cage with uh, Sizemore in in the raft because it is something to behold. Tom Sizemore is a crazy person. He is a maniac. And his scenes at this point are insane. He's holding his leg in his arms, cradling it like a little baby because his, his character just Which has a baby. been severed from his body yeah. by a shark or explosion. We don't know really I what. I believe point. it was an explosion. He just found his okay. leg. Yeah. I think it was maybe an explosive shark or a shark mm. a laser, perhaps. Yeah, possibly. Um, I, I don't have any facts to disprove that. So, uh, And... Some of the, this stuff is like, he's like, ah, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, and like doing all these crazy shit where you're just like, Tom Sizemore, calm down, you're in USS Indianapolis, men of courage. And yeah, show they, some courage, man. He's, they're, they're just in the boat alone for a little while. And then some other people come in. There's like the writer shows up and starts reading his story. And Tom Sizemore is like, I like it. Keep reading it. And it's like, Jesus, Tom Sizemore. And then um, some other people go over to them as well. And kind of end up in the boat. What, what we're kind of getting the sense of here throughout the entire movie is that the captain is quite the hero. Uh, he's kind of like keeping everyone uh, correct. He's doing everything kind of correctly. He's keeping everyone, trying to keep everyone as safe as he can. He was he's trying not like to leave the captain. Is what right, he, he was wasn't, doing. He got blown yeah. off the ship. He didn't leave the ship. He got blown off the ship. He he did everything kind of right um, all the way through this, including when he's in the water, kind of kind of trying to keep everyone alive. 
and as best he can, given that he's kind of separated from everyone else. Uh, whereas on the other side of things, like the two people that were fighting um, with that kind of like racial tension, they become like besties while they're out there. They realize they're actually a lot more common than they thought. Uh, so you're seeing that. You're also seeing the the, the two friends uh, that were kind of competing over the the woman. The guy, one guy, the guy who's going to propose reveals, I actually, I got her pregnant, man. We were going to have a baby. And the guy's like, whoa. And then he's like, and, you know, that's, you know, I was going to propose. And now, like, what's going to happen? It's like, we're going to survive. And then almost immediately a shark jumps out of the water and, like, chomps on the guy's leg. And it's like, oh, shit. And uh, then uh, he's kind of, they're kind of sitting there. He's like, you're going to survive. You're going to survive, man. And almost then the guy just, like, dies. So I'm saying, like, it's all shark porn from here. People biting, people dying, people, people getting bit, people dying. And so our guy who's going to propose, he uh, dies. And now the guy, I mean, almost immediately you can see it in his eye. Like, he's like, oh boy, I got my opening. Right? Yeah. Everyone yeah, else got I that right. got to convince her to give that baby away. That's not true. That's not what happened in the movie. Um, but he did, see an, he did see an opening. Because um, his friend, best friend died. And, uh, oop. I mean, we're, we can talk about all the shark porn all we want. Basically, there's a couple of times where, like, a, there, at one point, there's a plane searching for, like, another, uh, like, a downed plane. And they kind of see, they see something. They see an oil slick. And they're like, uh, what? Like, and they call it in. And, again, the people on the radio are like, it's a effing trick. But then, um, what's his name? Thomas Jane is flying around. And he sees he sees the sailors out there. It's like, uh, guys, there's like a totally a shipwreck. Did that, no one know about this? And the guy on the radio is like, oh shit! Like, kind of you can see you can see it in his face for sure. Where he's like, I'm in deep shit because I didn't tell. Well, he them. called it in though. Remember, he was like, hey, I sent out these ships, and some guys like, did anyone authorize that? You call them back, right? Well, sorry, who who called who called out the ships? That uh, I don't know what you would call them. Be like a dispatcher. The dispatcher was like the bad guy, though. He like stopped them from the main guy, but the guy operating the radio. Oh yeah, was he like, wanted hey. to do it. Yeah, he wanted to. He wanted to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that correctly. No, no, you're right. I, I was misinterpreting. Uh, but Thomas Jane is like, they're like, do not land that plane. You're gonna ruin your plane. You're gonna ruin it. And he's like, I, I'm gonna save these people. So we see like a six minute. Uh, scene of him landing his plane. It's it's crazy how long the sequences are. It seemed like they were almost trying to make sure they got to feature length at certain points. His plane lands. He gets a bunch of people up there, and they're like, "Did you ruin your plane?" And Thomas Jane's like, "Uh, yeah. Now come out and rescue us, <laughs> dude. It's it's wrecked." <laughs> yeah. like, what? So <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's totally fucked up. It's not gonna work anymore. And so <laughs> I thought I could do it. Couldn't. <laughs> And so they get out there, they rescue everyone. At this point, how many people are left? Three hundred or something? Three, yeah, three seventy four. It's not. It's not great. Yeah, it didn't didn't work out super awesome. Uh, so three hundred and sixteen people survive. It's like the biggest maritime disaster um, in U.S. history or something, U.S. naval history, uh, or something like that. And uh, but they they get all these people back in. They're obviously all very injured and recovering and stuff like that. And what we see in the recovery is. One, the guy who um, had found the ring in the alleyway, he comes over and is like, sorry, man, like I found this and gives it to the guy's friend uh, who now, obviously, now he's got two ideas in his head. He's like, whoa, I got a ring and I got a little twinkle in my eye. 
I'm setting out for that lady. So we do get a scene of him going out to her and kind of being like, I know you don't love me and I'm a total dweeb, uh, but I am 100% going to make something of myself and you don't even have to love me. We can just like have sex every once in a while, have some kids, uh, uh, but we, I will raise the child as my own and we will get totally married. And she's like, yes. That's exactly how it went down. Yeah. Okay. Exactly like that. Well, I wrote the script, so I should know. Oh, yes, yes. I like my idea better where they get married and then eventually he's just like keeps nagging her. He's like, you got to give this kid up. And then they give the kid away. <laughs> the kid <laughs> the kid grows up, comes back, and kills him. Ooh. <laughs> and joins the sharks. Yeah. Now, that's a story I want to hear. And then <clears throat> kind of the end right, of the I'll movie. Get, I'll get working on it. And the end of the movie is basically centered around Nicolas Cage's character, the captain, and basically the the idea of him being uh, railroaded by the Navy as kind of a scapegoat for what had went down. So this is a giant disaster. There's obviously a bunch of people at fault. They're kind of questioning, okay, should they have an escort? Should the dispatcher have sent out more people uh, or people to search it? Or And kind of how did this all happen? How did this go down? And so they pick up a couple things uh, to kind of charge Nick Cage with. Uh, one is endangering the crew. And that's basically not doing the zigzags. What was the other one that he was cleared of? He was cleared of one of them, and then he wasn't cleared of the other. Oh, abandoning yeah. ship. Oh, yeah, abandoning ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he goes on trial. Um, they have a bunch of people show up, including the captain of the submarine, who's kind of basically, they're like, did he have any shot if he was zigzagging, would he have avoided? And the guy said, no, he wouldn't have. We had him dead to rights. We were right there. We were going to blow him up. And then they also, they prove that he basically didn't abandon ship. Jamie. And so, yep. Real quick. Do we know, did that actually happen? Did they go I out? And I get, yeah. I don't know. Does, does anybody know? I, well, I read the whole no thing. He, no I what? mean, that is roughly what happened with it. They, they basically said that he, they kind of vaguely proved Although I think it came way after. I'm not sure where they actually got the submarine captain. But later, no, they got I, him. Yeah, they oh, actually yeah. brought him over for the court martial. And I was reading. I was it, it. It pissed me off. I don't think that would fly today. And they, he said that even though they just got out of war, they treated him like royalty over there. They gave him his own hotel and did everything and everything he asked for. It was really mm-hmm. frustrating because I don't and, think that would ever fly. He probably would have made it out of, you know, whatever escort he made if that was in today's world. To be honest with you. After well, just, just know, killing, after being responsible for killing that many people, no way. Yeah, I just know that. Um, uh, basically, like I don't know, it was like in the seventies or maybe it was like the nineties or something. I can't remember, but there was a school kid who then proved that the zigzagging wouldn't have done anything, based on the now now the well known positionings of all the ships. Well, that and was when that yeah, was, yeah. that was used in yeah, the two thousands to um, get him a pardon, so he got right. pardoned. Yeah, so but this this is when yeah, so they, basically they read it and he was found innocent of one of the charges, but they don't read the other one, which is the negligence for like uh, not zigzagging, and so he's found guilty of that one, I believe, and uh, he's basically court-martialed his life. I, I mean, it seemed like he obviously held that held that very closely because he ended up did end up committing suicide um, when he was much older, as many years later. Um, after his wife had died and stuff like that. So I think there was kind of a compounding thing. And I, I think 
over over his entire life, he really had to deal with a lot of hate hate calls and hate mail uh, from people uh, kind of blaming him for this disaster unrightfully because it really didn't seem like that was the case. And so they kind of they kind of spell they show that in the movie <clears throat> a little bit and um, end with kind of showing where everyone ended up and the fact that he, yeah he was pardoned uh, in the two thousands. And they had for, interviews for with the vets from there. Yeah. Yeah, the interviews were wild. Yeah. Yeah. That guy, they're, na- the they're, nasty, they're nasty creatures and stuff like that, yeah. You punch him in the face. Yeah. I'll yeah, never like a face. shark. Yeah. And that's it. Take some serious cojones to punch a shark right in the face. But what else are you going to do? What do you got to lose, right? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean... I guess if you don't punch in in the face, you could lose your arm or your leg. Very true. Yep. All right, let's and get some you, ratings on you this could, thing. You could also lose a friend. Oh, you could. Yeah. All right, ratings. 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 It's ratings when you're when going, you're going down, down. Get some ratings when you're going, when you're going down. Who wants to go first? Oh my God, no one volunteering. All right, fine. I'll go first. Just get out of the way. Um, I had not watched this movie beforehand, but I had heard about it. Um, one of the things I'd heard about it, I, that the shark part, the second half of the movie was pretty prevalent, and I didn't know how much I was going to really care for the movie. Um, overall, I'm going to give it like a four and a half. Uh, but in terms of like the actual story and, and uh, you know, leading up, to this during the war and everything that happened afterwards, that part is really interesting to me. If this was more not as dramatized as it was, I'd probably like it a little bit more, but the actual story based on true events and everything behind it, I've really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, submarine parts uh, for the Japanese sub, I guess seemed realistic. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, it didn't seem like it was blown over the top or, you know, something that just looked like it was absolutely fake. Um, it looks like they actually put a little bit of time and effort into making it, so that was pretty cool. Um, I enjoyed that part. Um, other than that, I, I think I messaged the group after I finished watching it that I was really ticked off about the court martial because that was one thing I did not know about uh, that they actually brought over the Japanese captain that had sank the ship and used him as a witness against the U.S. captain. Um, I think that's absolutely terrible. It just goes to show how dumb. I think Americans and people in government were back then compared to now. Maybe. I don't know. But I I don't think a move or a stunt like that would pass today. Um, and I actually did quite a bit of reading up on it. And I'm going to continue to read up and do some more research on it because I think it's pretty interesting. I would just like to get more of a full story on it. But back to the movie. Um, overall, what I say? Four? Four and a half? I'm going to stick it to that. I don't. I don't think it was... That great of the movie, the shark scenes looked stupid. Someone, I think someone mentioned the CGI was really bad. It was not the greatest. Um, and I think some of the side stories, I, no one really cares about, like the person being pregnant, the stupid fights and the gambling or whatever. And no one cares about it. That has nothing to do with the movie. Total waste of time. Um, I'm not for sure exactly why this person wanted to make this movie. Uh, who, who made it again? Mario Peebles, does it sound like that? Ben yeah, Peebles? but I'm, I mean, I'm not sure he necessarily was the one pushing to for sure make it. I'm, I'm sure there was someone there kind of wanting to make a movie um, clearing the captain's name. 
would be yeah maybe absolutely um i they probably could have done a better job with the movie yeah. i don't know why they added a whole bunch of the crap in that they did um i i didn't read up into the backstory if they wanted to clear his name great because uh, he definitely sounds like he deserves it because uh, it sounds like he lived with that for the rest of his life um and just it's a shame really so yeah i wish they would have done a bit better of a job with the movie but the story is very interesting and it's going to leave me you know leads me wanting more to research it find out more about the captain the ship what the navy and their practices were back then uh during world war ii yeah yeah i can i can kind of jump in for mine as well because i i think it leads in nicely to what i what i think which is like i do think it's a shame i mean i think they wanted to a producer or someone wanted to make a, a movie about this but when you're making a movie i think you have people writing scripts making concepts, all this kind of stuff. And they clearly looked at this and said, sharks, um, which I, I just don't, I mean, I know that's like the the thing that everyone like thinks about with the U S Indianapolis. I mean, it's in, it's in jaws for God's sake. So like, you know, there's obviously a lot of shark lore around the whole incident and stuff like that. But like if they wanted to make one kind of clearing the name of the captain and stuff like that, like to make a movie that's for a very large chunk of the movie is just shark porn of people getting like eaten by sharks and stuff like that. That's a little tough. I'm not, I'm not sure it's, that's the best. Um, I'd prefer kind of what you're saying. I'd prefer to know more about what's going on and kind of the different uh, aspects of it. Cause it is an interesting kind of story and particularly the story afterwards. Like you could almost start from the event with some of the shark stuff and then, and then kind of go into more of, um, the trial and kind of how he was railroaded and the effect on his life and probably make something that's a little more powerful for the message that they clearly wanted to, to make with it. And so even right off the bat with just that beyond it being kind of a Nicholas cage, um, schlocky movie or whatever, like, whoa, it's whoa, a, whoa. <clears throat> uh, it's that a, sorry. Uh, it's already not doing a very good job of that message, but put that on top of that, that the movie itself is not particularly good. And I'm going to come in at probably like a, it's tough to not go like super low. Uh, it's obviously a perfectly well-made production. Like I think Mario Van Peebles, like it's shot okay. It's not like uh, it's not like Agent Red where things are just being cobbled together from like stock footage and stuff. So I guess I gotta yeah. go like a, I gotta go like a two and a half maybe. I didn't like okay. it. I did not like watching it at all. So two and a half. Maybe I'll jump in now. I uh, I hate this film. I hate it a lot. It was, it's just like a, it is genuine. I, I agree with everything. We're all going to be stepping on each other's toes during these reviews because there's only so much you can say about this film. It's, it's 95% shark attacks. In the so you're saying a, a perfect hundredth episode. <laughs> yeah. And then the, so, um, I'll try to keep my, my review basically short. I mean, there wasn't very much sub action. That's, but that, I mean, this movie's about sharks. So I guess who cares? And then the, but the main thing is just like the production was terrible you say it was like well produced i don't know during that explosion scene i swear to god they used the same exact explosion three times yeah. i guess i would say it looked visually okay. it looked okay yeah. yeah but then like the acting hey patrick you talking about that what when they're when the uh boat is sinking yeah how many times do we see that same guy holding on to that I know. railing and it's falling true. off yeah 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 yeah, I know. I get it, guys. I should have put it get it into two. Fine. The editing wasn't bad. No, I, I I get it. Like it wasn't. They put money into it, and it didn't look like it was absolute dog shit. Like they made this hoping that it was gonna be good. No. And I think Mario Mario Van People <laughs> shot a bunch of scenes, and then they edited it together like shit. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a be. 
Yeah, basically. They, he was given almost no money and then he and he shot a bunch of sharks in the water with a bunch of people and they added a new movie. That That's fine. Like, I don't blame Mario Van Peebles for it. It's just how the production went. The main point is just like, it it doesn't look very good. The acting's terrible. Absolutely terrible, top to bottom. Even Nicolas Cage. No offense. And uh, you're, talking about this, Paul, you're talking about Paul Walker's brother there. <laughs> it's a, like kind of offensive the way they they took what was meant to be like a well-meaning story and then made it into a shark attack film. Like no one, no one who they presumably made it for would have come out of that f- film and been like they n- nailed it. That was great, <laughs> right? So I don't know. I when my gut said I wanted to give it a one, but I knew that was too mm-hmm. low. And now that I've heard a few things, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna go where Jamie should have went, which was a two. I'm gonna go with two. I hate this film. I would never watch it again. I will actively dissuade other people from watching watching it. <laughs> so there we go. All right, I'll pile on here. I guess so. Yeah, I mean, we're all going to be stepping on each other's toes here. What you have just said right at the end was what I thought the whole time. They were interviewing people who lived through this horrific event. Like, you literally had friends next to you getting eaten by sharks. And they came out with this. It was almost comical in some scenes. It was ridiculous. Like, there was that whole scene where somebody was getting seasick and he threw up, he was going to throw up in the rafts. And he was like, I told you not to throw up in the raft, man. Oh, yeah. And then the rafts, mind you, like have open water. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so the guy leans over immediately, shark, bam, grabs yeah, I know. him. That, that was a, probably the craziest like, scene of them all. Like, are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. And so you've got stuff like that going on. And then literally I rewatched that scene with the, uh, the merchant ship thing and the cgi when that chitin leaves that sub is horrible it is so bad and i just i don't know like if i lived through this experienced all this how can you say that this does these people any justice it doesn't i don't know i don't know who this movie's for uh people like me i do like nick cage and I'm going to disagree with Patrick. I think Nick Cage gave an electric performance. That's but. actually it's, that's it, I, that's something that we didn't. None of us have commented on yet. Is Nick Cage's performance, which is, I think, very uh, reminiscent of Gary Busey and Steel Sharks. Subdued. It is true. It's it's not your typical Cage. Yeah, he, he's he very off, very professional. He starts off the movie just staring into the camera and talking to his wife. It's a very weird. Mm, that's right. It's a very weird performance at times. He he does seem to know when he's supposed to turn it on and when he's supposed to turn it down. I, it's interesting does that he, he even took this role. Well, I mean, I, if you think about the movies that he really turns it up, like there's some recent ones he've done where he clearly has done very good performances in some pretty wild movies. And then you have this where he's he plays it pretty straight. There's nothing that mm, – I don't think true. he plays true. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can like say against him. He didn't do anything outlandish, anything like that. Right. But, I mean, Brom, you'd mentioned, or was it Alex? I can't remember. There's so many of us on here tonight. Oh, a lot. The side stories. You just don't really care about the side stories. At least I didn't. Although I was interested in that guy who all of a sudden like walked past the camera. was like, oh, my God, is that Paul Walker in this movie? And I was like, oh, it's <laughs> Paul Walker's brother. <laughs> like, he looks just like him. He looks but, awesome. uh 
Yeah, so I don't know. I like this movie better than I like Midway. I'll say that. What? I'd watch, what? I'd watch this again before I watch Midway. I watched oh Midway one thousand times before I watched this again. A thousand? A thousand, <laughs> a thousand times. So I gave Midway a three. I've got to give this one a three point five. Jesus Christ! Oh my God, <laughs> disgusting. It's a mistake. That is disgusting. I'll hop in here. I'm going to step on uh, Patrick and Kyle's toes by saying, yeah, we're definitely going to step on some toes here. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's not much left to say on this. I will reaffirm everything just so I can get to what I did like. Uh, I will reaffirm by saying, yeah, the, the CGI was terrible. It, it was only marginally better than what you're going to get out of like a sci-fi, uh, sci-fi channel, Sharknado-esque shark attack film. Uh, which is unfortunate. Do you think Sharknado would be better, though? Uh, no, the CGI, I mean, I think this was probably better than what you're going to get out of Sharknado. I haven't yeah, watched the Sharknados. I've seen clips of Sharknado, though, and it looks like uh, a trash fire. Um, that that said, that it's unfortunate uh, because I I think Alex mentioned, you know, there's a, there's a neat story here. There's a good story to be told uh, somewhere in here. And they got a little sidetracked, at, like when they were kind of foreshadowing all the shark attack stuff, the guy that they were talking about sharks in the boiler room, and they were uh, at, at uh, in the dock or dry dock at one point, and they like zoomed in with dramatic music on uh, like a fossilized shark jaw or whatnot. I'm like, wait, is this, is this going to become and a then, shark movie? And then when the water's getting on the ship, and all of a sudden you see a National Geographic with a shark on the cover floating in the water? Yeah. Um, all that too. I mean, yeah, that foreshadowing was just too on the head too. It was like, oh my god, where is it? Is this going to become a shark movie? Sure enough, it did. It become a shark attack movie, which I think is a good point. You know, you interview these World War II veterans, and it's almost uh, sacrilegious to uh, make a shark attack film out of this because I'd find it hard to believe that that's um the whole story here. You know, I think they they made too much out of that because there was a good story there. And I think the movie really did catch its stride when it kind of got grounded back on earth here with uh, the court martialing scene. I think that's where uh, there's, there's some uh, unique uh, elements of, of the, of the narrative to be told. Um, and that's kind of when I got sort of reengaged with the movie. I mean, and, and, and we need to mention, you know, it did have, you know, conventional submarine action, you know, if we're, if we're, we're submarine podcast here and we watch a lot of submarine, uh, films, uh, some of them were really grasping at straws to incorporate them on the podcast here because they aren't truly submarine films. This had a lot of uh, good submarine, you know, action um, uh, until it got derailed there. Um, so I'm going to give it some points uh, on that merit. Um, I'm going to go with a. Uh, I'm going to go with a four. Jesus! Oh my right. God! I was this hoping is, this is seven, a travesty. Come on, guys. We, we just, we just got done watching. We just got done watching the Wolf's Call, the Command, yeah, and Good. Midway, which I gave Perfect. all very solid reviews. I think like an eight and a half, eight and a half, and a six, respectively. There. Uh, but, it, but is this I don't better? Think I'm being, I don't think I'm being too generous by giving this a four. That's this is better like than a, Steel Sharks. Like Steel Sharks territory. I'm, I'm putting this in Steel Sharks. Give this a seven, territory. then it's better than Midway. Steel Sharks is <laughs> way better. better. Than Midway. You think Steel Sharks is actually better? <laughs> Yes, I, think I do. I think they're pretty. <laughs> I, com- think. I think they're pretty comparable. That's why I'm going to stick with my guns here. I'm going to give it a four. Steel Sharks is more is more fun. I'd watch Steel Sharks right now. Yes. All right, we guys still got one more, right? Do we have another co-host? We, we do. got another. We got two yeah. more. We got Keenan on here too. Oh, 
That's right. That's true. <laughs> Zach, you want to go? Huh? I'm sorry. I almost fell asleep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> My review. Well, I guess I'll start off by saying, um, uh, watch out for your toes. I'm going to come walking over them. <laughs> right? I um, thought that was a shark reference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with the, uh, I'd say with everybody, um, right out of the gate, Alex gave a beautiful, a beautiful rendition of his own review <laughs> that he came up with. And it was just outrageous. I remember when he talked about, uh, all those great things he talked about and Alex, that was a great review. I'm happy to have heard that. How would you rate his review? I would rate Alex's review of 10 out of 10. It was beauty Whoa. on canvas. Whoa. Wait, but so not like a... F- on canvas. Not, not a full foot long, though? No. Oh, okay. No. But that will come. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody else, your reviews were fantastic. I liked everybody's. And you said everything right. Uh, I am partial, though, to Nick. So it sounds like a lot of twos out there, a lot of two and a halves. Um, but I love Nick. And I watch anything with Nick. And, uh, you know, he's my boy. And... Um, ride or die. Ride or die. Three point two seven five. Oh, is that right? Three point two seven five. Yep. Nice. All right. Not the highest. Not the lowest. Are we gonna get a Keenan review, or is that, uh, is that too much? <laughs> uh, I think we're, gonna, we're, we're gonna have to cut him for time. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Keenan. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Keenan, real quick. What was it? Ten. Oh, Whoa, that's our Keenan. Yeah. Classic Keenan. That, that puts this on Keenan's Mount Rushmore of submarine movies. Wow. It certainly does for the two that he has reviewed. Hmm. Everything makes the cut. <laughs> <laughs> so do we we don't have love at our head at this time, right? <gasps> do we? Do it. Love it or hate it. <laughs> love when it going, or hate down. it. Love it or hate it. Nice. Kyle, did we not have anything? Oh, hold on. Hold on, man. Let me get wait, wait, it. We got a new jingle? Ready. That's what I was hoping. For episode 100? Well, we've got a new jingle, my friend. We've got a new jingle. And we I am certainly do. Really fumbling We over. certainly have this new we, jingle. Alex, that we Alex, really have. I've, Alex I've tell us what, what mustard have you sheltered in jingle. place with during this... Uh, I, nothing. During this quarantine. I, I've got just regular mustard I put on sandwiches. Jesus Christ. What brand do you go? <laughs> Alex, calm down. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to have a little banter with my, my best bud, my the, the big the big man upstairs. It's, just, you know what? it's, it's just mustard. Do you, do you know what I mustard brand? I'm really enjoying French's shelter French. in place. What are you really enjoying? Honey mustard and onion Snyder's pretzels. Ooh, I guess there is like a buffalo kettle chip out there now that I really need to try. I had some jalapeno ones and uh, jalapeno is very good. I like kettle chips. My wife was not a fan, but I enjoyed it immensely. I would like to get the pepperoncini, pepperoncini, I don't know how you Mm. pronounce it. They have those as well, but uh, buffalo is next on my list when I brave the coronavirus and go to the store. Mm. You guys ready? 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. we've, been, we've been waiting for you to cut us off for a while, Kyle. Great. You just tell us when it's you just tell us when <laughs> just, it's done. Just, just tell us when it's yeah. It's done. Okay. okay. All right. Okay, yeah. Still uh we still couldn't hear it. Love it and hate it. <laughs> yeah. Today on episode one hundred, we have just one love it and one hate it. Oh. So it's like not a hundred of each? Not a hundred of each. Just like normal. So that's your expectations now. Who wants it first? Love it or hate it? Hate it, for sure. Because we want to end on a high note with love. Hate it. This is from M-R-Murphy-657-1980439. From uh, November 2016. M-R-Murphy-657-1980439 says, Wow, did that suck. Bad across the board. One of the few movies I would really want my money back from. Bad acting, bad plot, horrible CGI, bad script. I really can not find anything positive to say about this film. Even at 128 minutes, it's way too long for the lack of substance. There is a scene where McVeigh speaks to the Japanese sub-commander. It was pretty schmaltzy, but it had a moment of decent drama when they just looked at each other. I am embarrassed and ashamed that this pile of crud is supposed to reflect on what happened to those men. You were better off reading the book In Harm's Way to get some sort of feel for what they went through. Heck, for the matter, you are better off watching Jaws and having Quint, Robert Shaw, tell the story about his tattoo and the story of why he will not wear a life jacket. End. Okay. Nice. Wow. He didn't like it. He hated it, in fact. Now, let's go the other way. Right-wing man Mm, had this to say on September of 2016. (laughs) Of course. sounds like a bot. Yeah, definitely a bot. (laughs) Excellent surprise. I, for the life of me, do not understand people handing out bad reviews for movies that are quite good. It's as if people have nothing better to do than to act on negative to fellow human beings. I really enjoyed this movie. I was interested from the get-go. Very well-written story. And excellent acting by all who was cast in this film. Nicolas Cage and Tom Sizemore were brilliant, as always, and the rest of the cast as well. Keep in mind Nicholas and Tom are Oscar-caliber actors. Nicholas winning once, and Tom Sizemore should have gotten a nod for Saving Private Ryan. I thought he stole many scenes in that movie. Anyway, this is a story long overdue, and I'm glad someone finally told a great story of it. Very good directing. Thanks to all who took part in this film. I truly appreciate the effort and applaud you and this awesome film. Right Wing Man. Okay. <laughs> Jeez. Showing some <laughs> There we go. Awesome. That's what we needed. We need something uplifting to talk about this movie. The idea that Tom Sizemore should have been nominated for an Oscar is uh, hilarious, but well, that's just his opinion, man. You know? <sighs> He's an opinion, man. All right, should I get some trivia? Let's do it. Yup. So the wreckage of the USS Indianapolis was found on the August nineteenth, two thousand seventeen. 
in the Philippines, Before, three and a half miles after the movie was made below the surface. It was by uh, the cr- a crew funded by Paul Allen, the co-founder of Microsoft. So, got on him. The scenes uh, set in the U.S. in Indianapolis were filmed aboard the U.S. Alabama, stocked in Mobile Bay, uh, Mobile uh, Alabama. Same battleship was used in Under Siege. Uh, and then, as mentioned in a bunch of spots, Quint talks about the Indianapolis and Jaws. He tells a, a tale about uh, being stalked by sharks. The USS Drum, a submarine which is next to the USS Alabama in Mobile, Alabama, was used for filming scenes for the Japanese submarine. And I believe, I do believe, USS Drum was the one that was used in, uh, was it Blackwater? The one with uh, John claude Van Damme? You mean the one with Dolph Lundgren. <sighs> right. And this is the second time the museum battleship USS Alabama stood for, in for the U.S. Indianapolis. Uh, Mission of the Shark, colon, the saga of the USS Indianapolis, a 1991 film, was also filmed on the USS Alabama. Are there any subs in that one? Uh, we'd have to check that. Probably Presum- at least implied. Yeah, presumably right? that's how they sink, right? Yeah. The Nicolas Cage and Thomas Jane were both married to Patricia Arquette. Cage and Arquette were married from 1995 to 2001. Jane and Arquette were married from 2006 to 2011. Do you think they like swap stories on set or anything like that? (laughs) Yeah, probably. (laughs) I mean, right? Wouldn't you? That's just weird. Yeah. Well, the weirder thing is the next one. So Nicholas Cage, this is Nicholas Cage's second movie with Thomas Jane. The first was Face Off in 1997 when he was married to Patricia Arquette. So she probably was like around and they were like both on the set you, of Face like, Off. She's probably you, getting around. <laughs> I'm going to distance myself from that one. But uh, hope, Socially distancing yourself? Yeah. What about uh, John Travolta from Face Off? What do we think about him in this movie? 100%. Who'd he play, though? Tom, Tom Sizemore? Sizemore. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's right. He's got the same shape. I'd like him as the insane captain. The insane the XO. captain? Oh, I see. XO. This is also Nicolas Cage and Tom Sizemore's second film together. The first was Bringing Out the Dead, which also stars Ving Rhames. I I saw that one. I I have it on DVD. Good. So who do you think Ving Rhames could have played in this one? Also Tom Sizemore. Uh, Perfect. How about uh, Dexter's father from the beginning? Oh, James Uh, James Remar? Sure. Uh, What about Nicolas Cage and James Remar? They co-starred 32 years earlier in the in 1984's The Cotton Club, which I believe starred Richard Gere, but that may have been a different adaptation of The Cotton Club. For all I know. Wait, so who who are we talking about then? You Richard, want Richard Gere. Gere in here? Yeah, for sure. I don't know, man. How about the Runaway uh, Bride type movie? The guy from New York who with the, the sweet dance moves. Oh, that'd be good. Are you talking about a young Richard Gere or an old Richard Gere? Old, ancient yes. Richard Gere. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what about Mario Van Peebles? So Mario Van Peebles starred in Jaws the Revenge, which also starred Sharks. So <laughs> what about uh, Michael Caine? Michael oh, Caine. Sir Michael Caine. <laughs> I don't even know who he'd play. Like Michael Caine. I'm just thinking, now I'm just thinking Tom the young Sizemore? guys. Oh. <laughs> the guy who stole the wedding ring on the street. That's Thomas Cunez as Michael Caine. Yeah. Just all these really old people playing <laughs> Running around on the ship. It's like an uh, <laughs> an opposite of Bugsy Malone or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my word. Yeah. Yes. Michael Caine gets Someone blown off the ship. <laughs> it all just takes it. It's just... <laughs> 
<laughs> but uh, so this is Thomas Jane's second starring role uh, with sharks. The first was Deep Blue Sea in 1999. What about Samuel L. Jackson? Who's in that one? Oh, yes. All the roles? 100%. Is that what we're saying? Okay, and then- If you made this movie entirely with Samuel L. Jackson playing every single role, like a nutty professor type situation- Oscar. Yeah. People be talking about this movie till the end of time. People people be talking. <laughs> I mean, remember when Samuel Jackson played like a hundred different roles in that movie? But, oh my God, it was amazing. <laughs> what what happens then, if he played all the sharks? <laughs> I'd be, yeah, yeah, I'd do it. I'm into it. I'd watch that. Give me your hand, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ed Harris, Nick Cage, and a shark, they all played a, a role in a, a film together. It was called Shark Tale. And it's about, it's like a, a little tale about a little kid. He wishes on a star to have a shark tail. And guess what? He gets one? Yeah, it happens. And it's tur- <laughs> it turned out to not all be cookies and cream for this kid, though. Because cu- do you know what comes with a shark tail? Shark teeth? Insatiable bloodlust. Oh. So, yeah, he's like a monster now. Nick Cage and Ed Harris, they play a double robot sent from the future to destroy this kid. It's a pretty good movie. Sounds legit. Yeah. All right. And then, are you guys ready for this? Are you ready for this? (laughs) It's the 100th episode, Phantom Zone Spectacular. Engage the Phantom. Phantom's engaged, sir. My goal of this one was, is to connect USS Indianapolis to Phantom using none other than 100 movies. Wow. What? You did this with 100 movies? Yeah, it's 100 movies, so get ready. Gear up, because it's going to take a while. All right. So, <laughs> U.S. Indianapolis has James Remar in it, who was also in The Phantom, which also starred Treat Williams, who was in 1941 with Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty was in Going Under with Bill Pullman, who was in Independence Day with Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum was in Life Aquatic with Michael Gambone, Michael Gambone was in Hail Caesar with Robert Picardo. Robert Picardo was in Inner Space with Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid was in G.I. Joe, Rise of Cobra with Adewale Akinue Agbahe, uh, who was in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. This is a 1997 version of it with Michael Caine. Michael Caine was in Journey to the Mysterious Island with The Rock. The Rock was in Fate of the Furious with uh, Statham. Statham was in Mechanic Resurrection with Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee, Lee Jones was in Under Siege with Gary Busey. Gary Busey was in Steel Sharks with Larry Poindexter. Larry Poindexter was in Time Under Fire with uh, Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston was in Godzilla 2014 with Ken Watanabe, who was in Transformers The Last Night with Josh Duomo, who was in Transformers Revenge of the Fallen with Kevin Dunn, who was in Godzilla 1998 with Glenn Marshower, who was in X-Men First Class with James McAvoy, who was in Submergence with Alicia Vikander, who was in The Man from Uncle, Just Have a Submarine, with Sylvester Groth, who was in The Last U-Boat, with uh, Takahiko Ono, who was in Lorelei, uh, Norm, with Norman England, who was in Godzilla Tokyo SOS with Hir- uh, Hiroshi Kuzumi. Now, at this point, I was one-fourth of the way through, and I realized I got to get the hell out of Japan or else I'm going to be in trouble. So I went to Atrigan with uh, Akihiko Hirata, who I knew I could go to Latitude Zero, who was Joseph Cotton, who was in The Assault on the Wayne, thank God, with uh, Leonard Nimoy, who was in Atlantis, uh, The Lost Empire, with James Gardner, who was in Up Periscope with Will- William Leslie, who was in Hellcats of the Navy with Arthur Franz, who was in the Atomic Submarine with Brett Halsey, who was in Submarine Seahawk with Paul Maxwell, who was in Madame Sin with Burke Kwok, who was in the You Only Live Twice with Sean Connery, who was in Humphrey Red October with Sven Althorson, who was in the In Enemy Hands with Thomas Kuchman, who was in U-571 with David Keith, who was in Deep Shock with Tyrone Pinkham, who was in Submarines with George Stanchev, 
who was an octopus with Ravel Isyanov, who was in K-19, The Widowmaker with Jeremy Ackerman, who was in Buried on Sunday with Paul Gross, who was in 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, 1997, but a different 1997 film, with Jeff Harding, who was in The Fifth Missile, Yvette Mumu, who was in Neptune Factory with Walter Pigeon, who was in Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea with Regis Toomey, who was in Destroyer with Glenn Ford, who was in Torpedo Run with LQ Jones. I was halfway through, and my blood was running cold. I My pupils had dilated to pinpoints at this point, and I was focused, and I knew I was going to make it. Then I went to Battle Coral Sea with Tara Shimada. <laughs> who was in Run Silent Run Deep with Jimmy Bates, who was in The Enemy Below with Kurt Jurgen, who was in Spy Who Loves Me with Roger Moore, who was in Seawolves with Trevor Howard, who was in Moratori with Wally Cox, who was in Bedford Inf- uh, Incident with Cliff Potts, who was in Countermeasures with Michael Dudikoff, who was in Crash Dive with Clay Greenbush, who was in Stealth Fighter with Tiny Lister, who was in Austin Powers and Goldmember with Roger Wagner, who was in City Beneath the Sea with Stuart Whitman, who was in First Strike with Richard Carlin, who was in Sailor Berlair Beware with uh, Mike Mahoney, who was in Submarine Command with Charles Meredith, who was in Incredible Mr. Limpet. Pause for Incredible Mr. Limpet with Paul Fries, uh, who was in King Kong Escapes with Yoshifumi Tajima. Now I was back into Japanese and I knew I could have one more go with it, so I had to go through uh, Godzilla. So I went to Godzilla 1985 with Kunio Murai, who was in Godzilla Monsters All Attack, uh, with Robert Scott Field, who was in Monster Island. So I need to get out of there quick, get a couple of Godzillas under my hand. And now at this point, I was starting to get afraid that I was never going to actually finish this because I had to connect this somehow in a perfectly 100 to the Phantom, uh, to Phantoms, uh, or to Phantom. And I, and I really was scared. I, I, uh, my heart was beating. So <clears throat> Monster Island is Eric Roberts. Who's in depth charge with Barry Bostwick, who's in 2010 with Moby Dick, thank God. Uh, we got that one in there. And then Dean Kraling, who was in Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus with Lorenzo Lamas, who's in 30,000 Leagues Under the Sea, who's in Sean with, uh, who, sh- which had Sean Lauer, who was in Titanic, which does have a submarine technically, uh, with Bill Paxton, who Paxton was in Spy Kids 2, with Steve Buscemi, who was in Escape from L.A., with Cliff Robertson, who was in Falcon Down, with William Zabka, who was in Dark Descent with Julian Vergov, who was in Submerged with Sam Douglas, who was in The Other Submerged with Sam Neill, uh, who was in Attack Force Z with John Philip Law, who was in The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming with Theodore Bickel, who was in Above Us, The Water, uh, The Waves, uh, John Mills, uh, who was in Morning Departure with Bernard Lee, uh, who was in Diamonds Are Forever with Desmond Lim- uh, Llewellyn, which, thank God, there was Bond films, because they have pretty much every single one has uh, submarines in it, because then I can go to From Russia with Love with uh, Lois Maxwell, who was in For Your Eyes Only with Charles Dance, who was in Johnny English Strikes Again with Rowan Atkinson, who was in Never Say Never Again with Max von Sydow, who was in The Command with Michael Nykovist, who was in Mission Impossible Gross, uh, Ghost Protocol with Jan Flopensky, who was in Triple X with Vin Diesel, who was in The Iron Giant with Bob Bergen, who was in Despicable, uh, Despicable, Despicable Me 3 with Julie Andrews, who was in Aquaman with John Reese davis who was in Raiders of the Lost Ark with Vink, uh, Vic Tablian, who was in Navy SEALs with Michael Bean, who was in The Abyss with Ed Harris, who was in Phantom with David Duchovny. Wow. Jeez. Amazing. How long did that take? My word. The first 50 legitimately took uh, 45 minutes or so, and then it took three hours for the rest of it. (laughs) And it was, I, I literally, like, there was times where I got real sad. It was five stages of grief where I had to come to terms with the idea that this, I wasn't actually going to be able to finish it because I got to a point where I was like, I just fucking don't know. And thank God for, it really was like James Bond was the only reason I could finish this because there's so many submarines in James Bond. It's like eight or uh, seven or eight of them have submarines in them. And you could just start using Q and Money Penny and stuff to connect stuff where nothing else would work. So they, that was the final stitching point was using all the James Bond films to stitch wow. them together. Yeah. 
Yeah, I started. That at is a certain, incredible. At a certain point, I was like, I got to go from the other side. And so I knew I wanted to go through Abyss with Ed Harris, and I started moving backwards. And I was like, how can I get James Bond films in here? Weirdly, Mr. Bean. That's how I, I heard that, that. Johnny English? Mr. Bean. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson is in For Your Eyes Only, and then Johnny English strikes again. My word. A yeah. hundred. So I, I was not... Counting on the spot, but oh, you sorry. got to a hundred even. You made that work. Yeah, it was perfectly a hundred films mentioned in that oh one. My and then gosh. I cannot, I cannot guarantee that I didn't repeat something. I, I assume that I didn't because I was trying to try my best to keep track. And then I also can't uh, attest to exactly how much of submarines are in each of these films, but I can say that I tried my best to make sure that there are submarines in all of them. So something like Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, I didn't remember a submarine in that, but I did see a clip from that movie that had a submarine, so I can be right. pretty sure. Jamie, wow. you get you get the, the 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 Jamie Award of the Year. Mm. Wow! Can I be called the can brain we, again? Can we add that to our <laughs> logo as well? The Jamie Award of the <laughs> Year. Yeah. Oh. It's just a dick. That's what the award looks like. Oh, there we go. There we go. You had to bring it up, huh? Mm. Yes. Would not be a submersion episode if you did not. And that's all I Somehow got. Man. Didn't even make it in the recap, man. Now, Not even shark on one, or anything like that. Yeah, you would think that he would have pulled it out to uh, comfort uh, uh, Sizemore when he had his leg. Wow. What kind of movie are you watching? What? All right. It's, it's sub, 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 world, world, wide, wide. Okay, I know it's been a few minutes since I've done a subs worldwide, and this one is going to be short because we've got other stuff going on during this episode and we want to get you in and out in about two hours <laughs> so <laughs> uh so i figured what better submarine to use than the submarine that sunk the uss indianapolis in the movie and in real life the japanese boat is the i-58 and it is a type b3 submarine so I don't know if in the movie, obviously they were not actually using a Type B3 submarine. Not using this one, because it's, uh, we'll find out later. So this one was specifically modified to carry Kite and Torpedoes. And from what I was able to read online, it did fire at least 10 of them. Wow. And something that I did also find online, it is true that when it sunk the U.S. in Indianapolis, it did use conventional torpedoes. Fortunately, there's not a whole heck of a lot of information on these subs. Not sure why, if they're just a little tight-lipped about it or what the deal is. But I'll give you what I know here. So for the length, they are 356 feet, 8 inches long. They have a beam of 30 feet, 6 inches. They are diesel-electric subs, and while on the surface, can generate 4,700 horsepower, and while submerged, 1,200 horsepower. On the surface, they can cruise along at 17.7 knots. I'll submerge 6.5. Does have a range while surfaced of 21,000 nautical miles, while submerged only 105 nautical miles. Remember, these are World War II subs, so they're kind of meant to just run on the surface most of the time and then slip away when they need to. Has a test depth of 330 feet and held 94 crew members. And the I-58 was the only submarine in its Type B-3 class 
to survive World War II, but it was eventually sunk as a target. Wow. But I also, also read that it was scuttled by the U.S., but more, more sources seem to point towards sunk as a target, or that's what they want us to believe, so... That's it. That's all I got for subs worldwide right now. Beautiful. Just gambling are amazing. It's pretty great. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Alex, you got any news for us? <sighs> Nothing great. You guys think I was actually looking up news? <laughs> Let's see here. On this day in history, in 1944, the U.S. Navy all worked together with multiple aircrafts and boats to sink a German submarine. The German submarine was U-515. How cool is that, huh? No one cares about the Germans. It's <laughs> pretty cool. <laughs> Just sit down. How cool is that? And my next article of news is a little bit of Nicolas Cage news because someone else that Kyle really enjoys and probably dreams about a lot is Kesha. And during Dude, this quarantine it- time, she put out a minute song about Nicolas Cage and the lyrics are pretty good and you should check it out. I also found I another have been article. Listening to her nonstop for the past couple days, her new album. That's really? crazy. I didn't. I the, didn't like her new album. I thought it was bad. Yeah. Wow, Jamie. I like. I like. I liked a couple of songs from it, but it's a bunch of the songs I didn't like. And I like Kesha. Well, it's one of my guilty pleasures. When you're washing your hands, make sure you go check out that video because that'll help you at least get 20 seconds in. I think it's a minute, but it takes your breath away and you really get into it. And your hands will be squeaky clean afterwards while you're thinking about Kesha and Nick Cage. Is that is that y- your thoughts, Alex? Or is that a review you just read? What do you mean? <laughs> it's fact. Your hands are going to be clean and you're watching it. If you're washing your hands, it's all that matters. Do you get it? You don't get it. You do get it? What is it? Nothing? Okay. That's so, all news. Do. I don't care. You don't. I got I got a, I got one piece of news to add because whenever you start news I always Google submarine film and see what comes up. There is a post in the um, University of Pittsburgh student newspaper. Uh, it's about a student film. It's called Lesbian Dracula Submarine. And hold oh, sorry, on, it's Pitts, you had, Pittsburgh you had me at lesbian. So it's probably it's University <laughs> of Pittsburgh Greens, Greensburg. Uh, so seniors Logan Tomko and Emily Bugle wrote, directed, and filmed a movie their last year on campus. The horror comedy film is called Lesbian Dracula Submarine. Uh, it's a retelling of the original Dracula story with a twist. In this version, Dracula is a lesbian who lives in a submarine. Let's get him on the show. Yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. <laughs> I bet they would come on the show. Let's do it. So. Okay. Do, does anyone All have right. uh, a Jeopardy? I'm into it. I mean, Let's do it. How many other? There's five of their hosts, right? Yes. 
Yeah. So we can do one question each, and then we'll we'll go from there. So who wants to go wow, first? Okay. I'll go first. Good. That's the easiest one because I'm, go- I'm just going to straight on the line. Uh, this over here. Um, it's been estimated that a shark may use over. Oh yeah. By the way, the subject is sharks because we just okay. watched a shark film. It's been estimated that a shark may use over twenty thousand of these in his lifetime, with many in reserve rows. Teeth. What are our teeth? Sure. What are teeth? Correct. All right. Who wants to go next? Um, so, give hey. me an easy one. Oh. Okay. I'll give you an easy Sharks one. Sharks for 400. There we go. The largest shark can reach a length of 50 feet and weigh over 10 tons. Uh, what is the whale shark? Correct. Yes. Nice one. Who wants the $600 one? Zach. Excellent. Uh, averaging 12 feet and 3,000 pounds, this shark, uh, Carcharodon carcharias, is also called the man-eater. Wait, what am I supposed to be saying? What shark is also called what's the man-eater? Which shark? It's big. Oh, what, what it, what's the man-eater? Yeah. Um, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. Great white shark? Correct. Okay, thank you. you. <laughs> <laughs> right, who wants, who's left? Who wants 800? I'll take 800. There we go. The head of this shark species has a lateral extension with an eye at each end. Oh, what is a hammerhead shark? Correct. Yeah. And then who's got the last one? That's Big Al. Uh, this shark with a four-letter name is the fastest shark in the seas, thought to cruise at an incredible 60 miles an hour. Fast. Oh, come on. You know this one. Yeah, you got it. Buzz, 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 buzz. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know sharks. Well, Sky, can you, you can buzz, take it. Kyle, can you steal? What is Mako? Yeah, Mako is correct. Yeah, I've never even heard of it. 60 miles an hour? Yeah. I like I like when Jeopardy acknowledges that a clue is a little hard. It's like, what four letter shark? There we go. <laughs> Perfect. Check mark. Four letters. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all she wrote. You you guys did so well that I don't think it's worth trying to like tie break that. It's gonna be too hard. So no, we just we buzzer. just know we just know sharks. Yes. Yeah. That's why we're a shark podcast. <laughs> yep. Ooh, what season is that? About that? Well, it's animal. It's te- technically, it's animal season, but unfortunately, yeah. every episode will just be about sharks. People like, what we'll about just the other watch animal? the U.S. Will we watch the U.S.S. in Indianapolis again? No, we just re-release yes. this episode. Yeah, percent. <laughs> It'd be like the seventh episode. And it's all this hundredth episode stuff. All right, Ben, do you have a countdown for us? I do. Hit that tune. Tube three, ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. Give it to me. All right. So, we have episode 100. We're about an hour and a half or so into this (laughs) sucker. (laughs) So let's just pile on with the biggest countdown in the history of submersion. 
we are going to be counting down 13 fun facts about Submersion, the podcast, taking a deep dive on some of the milestones that we have achieved over the years. Hard to believe. What is it going on? Three years now. Um, wow. We, you know, we just hit the 100 episode milestone, but there's some other milestones along the way and some, you know, many first ofs that we want to highlight and bring attention to, uh, as well as some other great achievements. So let's count these suckers down, boys. And we're going to start with number 13, because I think my previous largest countdown was 12 items. So here we go. We're going to, we're going to one up it. Number 13, episode 7, Agent Red, was the birth of the Phantom Zone segment yeah. of the podcast. Although, I believe prior to that, episode I, 3 yeah, I did is a, where you birthed Six Degrees of Ed Harris. I was going to say, I, feel, I believe I did Six Degrees of Ed Harris before making the statement that it was Phantom Zone. Very nice. What's your favorite Phantom Zone to date, Jamie? Oh, uh, that's pretty easy. It's The Abyss, where instead of just going straight to Phantom from Ed Harris, I decided to go through like 17 different films in a circle, <laughs> including several of the, um, what were they called? What were those What were those terrible straight-to-video to ones we watched? Asylum films? No, no, no. They were the uh, Operation Delta Force films. So uh, I, went through, well, I, think well, I went through several, several of the opera. Come on. Come on. Well, they're very good, but also terrible. Very nice. That's, that's my favorite Luke one. Cash, man. Oh, my God, he's the best. Jay Campbell. What, Jay Kenneth Campbell? Mm, love him. Number 12, episode 6, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Both Jamie and Kyle are quoted as saying that the Neptune Factor and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea have plots that sound absolutely amazing. <laughs> Great. Both movies went on to be two of the worst films we have reviewed thus far. Oh man, mm. I can't believe we said that about those movies. They do have amazing like elevator sounding. Pictures. Yeah. The plot sounds good, but then you watch like wow. You're like imagine there are giant sea monsters under the sea and a a submarine shipwrecked underneath them. You're like, "Oh, that's amazing." Then they make Neptune Factor. And you're like, "This is some Canadian <laughs> bullshit." Yep, pretty much. Number 11. Episode 30, Lorelei, Witch of the Pacific Ocean, is our most listened to episode with over 1,000 combined listens, in large part because the title of the podcast is Episode Triple X, the Roman numerals, Lorelei, Witch of the Pacific Ocean. It's true. Amazing. Bots love it. Number 10, Episode 20, Steel Sharks, was Jamie's first, woo! Wow. I didn't even know that. Previously, he had a different catchphrase that he used on seven or eight episodes leading up to episode 20. Does anyone know what the little, the little blurb or catchphrase was? Hey, or yeah. It Come was, on. What? it was, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. Number nine, like, like episode 18. Man. What was that, Jamie? Like the Kool-Aid man. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Episode nine, though. Or, pardon me, episode 18. This is number nine. Episode 18 below, Alex screamed the first woo. This was two episodes before Jamie ever did it. Wow. <gasps> Innovator Co- and copycat. So we're talking about in, plug in that sound clip right here. Thanks, so Kyle. Talking, that was great. Are we talking about <laughs> Below starring Johnny Depp? <laughs> there we go. That's coming back up here. 
Uh, but that's number six. Number eight first, episode 14, Submarine X-1, is the first episode where the recap came in under time. Okay. <laughs> they only happened like four one. times. That, yeah. How many other times that happened? Maybe yeah. twice? I, yeah, I think I have it as like three or four yeah. currently. <laughs> wow. Number seven, episode 15, U571, Zach sang the Zach Fax song for the very first time. Yeah. Wow. That's a pretty good episode to do it too, U571. Iconic. And Jamie, you opened the intro on that one. You didn't do woo or oh yeah. You said, should have been episode 571, am I right? <laughs> good. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Number six, episode 18 below, Jamie predicts Ed Harris will die in the year 2019. <laughs> <laughs> what a mistake. <laughs> Did not come true, thankfully. Yeah, thank God. Number five. Sorry, as far as we know. That's true. That's true. Could be a cyborg. Number five, episode 27, Sub Rosa. I think this was Patrick's first episode. Right. Mm. X-Files. This is, this is the only episode where the submarine movie below is mentioned, but not <laughs> attributed as a Johnny Depp film. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Number four, episode 51, Gray Lady Down, The Ointment Was Born. Wait, no, Sub- Ooh, there we go. Just to go back to the last one, Subrosa was NCIS. Yeah, that's NCIS. Right. Yeah. Which that makes sense correct. as your first episode. Yes. <laughs> Number three, episode 37, Torpedo Run, was the only episode without the word dick. Wow. Really? Wow. Because I could have sworn, did I, I guess in, in Midway, the Midway episode, I did say dick, but only in reference to saying uh, Ricky Dicky, uh, whatever. Right. What was Ricky that Dickie guy's Best? name? What was his name? Dick Best. Like, Ricky Dicky Best. Dick Best. That's yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Can we edit Dick into that episode, though? Probably Just that. Randomly. The, ep- the episode Dick. concludes with Jamie telling everyone that, hey, this is the first episode that I didn't mention that so and so pulled out there. And then the episode mm-hmm. cuts to the closing Ooh. music. Episode or number two, episode 43, The Russians Are Coming, was the birth of. There it is! <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. Lots of Did time. Did we notice a steep drop off in listenership around that? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to go uh, look at the analytics. I'm on joking. That. I think this I'm episode's joking. actually going to be the, the steep drop off. I love that movie. That was a great movie. Still love it. Mm-hmm. Number one, episode 10, Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. Jamie predicts that we won't watch every submarine film. It's true, though. Let's like, prove I, just, wrong. I listed 100 films, probably half of them we've watched. So we have 50 of them right there. Wow. And there we go. That is the largest countdown in the history of submersion. Top 13 submersion fun facts. Beautiful. Just a- beautiful. Yeah. That's great. Okay, this is, this is your life. This is my life now. Yeah. <laughs> now kind never, of is. But I gonna live forever. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't sing it too long. I'm going yeah, no, got 20 I'm seconds, done. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Should we get into some Zach facts? I think this is it. Go on to our games. Do we have, oh do we have games after <laughs> <Zach's>? <laughs> I've got we one. Games. Oh, so it's actually 
It's 4 a.m. in the UK right now. It doesn't matter. It's not We've 4 a.m. It's almost 3 <laughs> We have got games. So, so I'll do my Zach facts, and then we're doing games. Let's do it. Oh, Let's right. I forgot about the it. games. Drop the ball on this. Do, 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 do. Zach facts, it's Zach facts. When you're going down, down. Get some Zach facts. When you're going down. <laughs> 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 Episode what? 100. Zach what? still laughs at his song. My intro's the best. I love it. No thing better than that's Godzilla. All right. <laughs> Oh, which maybe I would love Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Twinkle, Twinkle, I wish to hear the Godzilla theme before the end of episode 100. Hashtag get the vote in. Rock it. What? Rock the vote. The fans want to hear the Godzilla theme at some point tonight. He he wants Kyle to edit in the Godzilla's theme. Okay. Oh, I've I've still got that soundboard. (laughs) There we go. That's what the fans want. Zach Fax. Zach Fax. So tonight's the big night, guys. This is it. This is a hundred. Hundred hundred episodes. Think back to what you were doing when your first submersion episode popped on. Think about that. Everyone take four seconds, take a deep breath, and think about that. <gasps> there it is. So not only do you feel better, now you're Oxygen levels are boom, and you're ready for the Zach facts. My God. I'm ready. <laughs> Longest Zach facts. There's only one ever. Zach fact. Maybe ever. But still the longest. Fact number one. Mario Van Peebles attempted to get a shark from the actual incident to be in this film, but they were all booked. I mean... Hooked. Oh. <laughs> there we go, man. Fact number there one. There we go. Who's ready for fact number two? Give me a hell yeah. Hell, hell yeah. yeah. Fact two. Oh, Alex isn't ready yet. Hang on, Zach. He's not. Oh, okay. Home. Hell yeah. And <laughs> there it is. Fact number two, Nicolas Cage prepared for this role like all of his other roles by doing nothing. That's probably, that's probably not a fact. It's true. It's a true fact. But sometimes I think there's, when you have the Venn diagram of Zach facts and real facts, there's like a little sliver of overlap. There's some lightning strikes in there. You know, occasionally you'll Mm -hmm. find the four leaf clover, right? A little hint of truth. Yes. (laughs) Fact number three. Despite criticism, the director stands by the use of CGI, saying this film would have blown audiences away in 1980. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's, it's not inaccurate. <laughs> That's true. Good in 1980. <laughs> oh, we got more. That'd be a really good way to get into a premiere. Man, you guys would have loved this if this <laughs> <laughs> came out in 1980. <laughs> we got more fact number four 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 filmed in secrecy under the title uss indianapolis men of courage original title steve make sure you change the title during filming and delete this memo wow <laughs> incredible 
<laughs> Zach's loving it. <laughs> Zach's really digging this one. Are you ready? We've had a lot of firsts tonight. We've had a lot of long firsts tonight. Do you know what I mean, guys? We're having uh-huh. a long first. And long first. I see what you're I see what you're laying down. You see what I'm laying here? I'm about to lay down to you all the longest Zach fact ever, 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 ever. <sighs> Ready? Yep. Longest Zach fact it. ever. <gasps> film crew could not find a white pigeon for the film, so they brought in a white cat. When the white cat wouldn't stay in the cage, they brought in a robin. When the cat ate the robin, they threw the cat overboard and then... <laughs> They imported a pigeon. When the imported pigeon turned out to be gray, they had to use CGI to make a white pigeon. Fact. Wow. <laughs> I don't even. What, when was the white pigeon in the movie? I forget. Yeah, the guy had him. Yeah. Tom Sizemore. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sizemore had him. He said yeah, yeah, yeah. and then he got yeah, yeah. corrected. <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, guys, I think that might be. Wait, 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 guys, I'm feeling. What's 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 happening? Six more Zach facts. Right. This is Zach from the future, 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 <laughs> and I can't share much, but I'm here to give you one more Zach fact, Zach fact, Zach fact. Just so you know, I am from the future. Kyle, oh, I've missed your voice since you're not around much after 2020. Actually, not oh. at all. Oh. Oh. Don't, worry. Don't worry. Your daughter is doing just fine, and Kelsey's happily married uh, twice now. <laughs> Probably to mustard, man. So I need to... Here's Good the for fact. You, Alex. The fact from the future, future, future. There's a reboot happening in 2035. The movie's called The USS Indianapolis, Men of Courageous Survival. It again stars Nicolas Cage. And this time, it's a little better. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, Zach from the future who wants the Super Bowl in 2021. Bro. He's gone. As quick as he was here, he has left us. Hmm. All right, are we are we now ready for the final segment? I don't know. Did we did we lose Zach from the present? Is Zach from the present still here? Definitely for sure. Wow, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, Jamie, you said final segment. Isn't this the final segment? No. There are <laughs> there are multiple segments oh, no. on the way. <laughs> yeah. You're ready, Patrick. You're going to yeah. love these. It is th- officially 3 a.m. In, in the UK. So. Zach, the, the, you bathroom, go the bathroom's looking nicer and nicer. I'll, on I'll do mine quick, guys. This won't take long. This won't take long. I did this for about an hour and a half earlier, so maybe 45 minutes. All right. Okay. Good. <laughs> So no no we we who who's the main person in this film? Nick Cage. Nick Cage. And remember, what does everybody love about Nick Cage? Nick Cage. Yes yes yes. So I'm gonna quiz you on quotes from Nick Cage. You tell me the movie. Okay okay. Oh, I got the quotes, very nice. But I got the quotes. I got the quotes from the movie, guys. So I'm not saying them. Oh. Is we just have to Nick guess. Cage just 
We just have to guess who's saying it? No, you have to guess the movie. <laughs> guess who's saying it? It's Nick Cage. Guess the guy guess the movie. It's it's Nick Cage saying it. Guess the movie. It's for fun. So let's just have let's be boys that have fun. Fun boys. Hmm. All right. Number one. Gun in sixty seconds. Wicker Man? I'll, I'll play it again. It's not Wicker Man. It's not Wicker Man. No, it's not Wicker Man. Fuck you! Fuck you! It's got to be Con Air, right? No. no. Uh, is it? It's not Matchstick Man, is it? I mean, I guess I need um, everybody gets a final answer if they choose to give one. Lord of War. Eh. Face off. Ding 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 ding. Got it. Really? Hey, you seem like a crazy person in that. Much crazier than normal in that one, so that made sense. Good job, Jamie. That was Jamie, right? It was, was Jamie. Good job, Jamie. You're impressing me every day. Thank you. <laughs> Number two. What's in the bag? Shark or <laughs> <Yeah>. something? <laughs> me and Patty know this one. What's in the bag? Shark or something? Get it? You get the shark? It's the wicker man. Ding, ding, ding. I don't remember that part. You've seen it more recently. Hell of a movie. Oh, that's that's a funny part because it's cut out of certain versions of the movie. Mm -hmm. So in some versions of the movie, he goes, "Uh, what's in the bag? A shark or something? Uh, But otherwise, it's just as him being like, what's in the bag? And then the guy just, people just walk away. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Because it turns out to be a shark in the bag. (laughs) It was, again, that was for sharks and that was for Wicker Man. Number three. And remember, I want everyone's participation. Jamie, I appreciate your answers, but please allow others to try to answer. I will. Sorry. This isn't fucking kindergarten. Who cares? How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of yourself? The Rock. How, in the name of Zeus's butthole, did you get out of yourself? The Rock. That was correct, Patrick. The Rock. It's good. Yeah. Here's Damn another. It. I said, put Pon air. Yeah. All you need is that southern yeah, quality yeah, he's doing right the there, and you know bunny. it's Con Air. Who got that one? My hummingbird. One I of the think, twins. I mean, I, no, 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 I, I just yelled it out immediately. One of these both, twin fucks. You both get extra credit today, but let's see Kyle. who else says it. I think Kyle said it too, I think. Sure. Two more, two more. You're gonna be fine, baby doll. You're gonna be fine, baby doll. You're gonna be fine, baby doll. Baby doll. You're gonna be fine, baby doll. Uh, gone in 60 seconds. Eh. Damn it. Baby doll. Is it 8 millimeter? No. You're gonna be fine, baby doll. Sneak eyes? Eh. Oh, really? That's a good guess. I like that one. Um, is it it's, next? Eh, wrong. Damn. Ghost it's Rider. Eh, wrong. <sighs> I don't know. It's got McLovin in it. Is it Kick-Ass? <laughs> is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, yeah, yeah, good one. Yeah, so, so uh, Mustard Man had that one. He gave me the hint. Good job. Wait, what was it? Kick, Kick ass. ass. It's right after he shoots his daughter in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> and here is the last one. The last one. 
the last whichever one whichever those kind use one of those <laughs> we're using them all you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and beat until you pissed oh matchstick man matchstick <laughs> man there Great it is quote good job <laughs> what's that what's that <laughs> is that a shark <laughs> what's in the bag oh my gosh there you what's go. in the bag <laughs> That's where he's in the pharmacy, and that guy's like, "Oh my yeah, word, this is ridiculous!" That scene is so good. <laughs> What's in the bag? What's in the box? All right, next. You guys ready? Yes. yes. You ready for yes. this? Yes. yes. You've listened to a hundred episodes of your favorite submarine movie podcast. Let's see what it's all about. Here's submersion by the numbers. Pop quiz time. Pop maybe, quiz hotshot. Maybe Brahms countdown will maybe help jog your memory a little bit. I have got 10 questions here, all dealing with numbers related to submersion. You guys are going to go ahead and give me answers, and I'm going to let you know who's got them right at the end. Okay? Ready? Yes. All right. Question number one. Along with the space race, spies, and excessive government spending on military to keep us safe... How many submarine movies did the Cold War give submersion in its first 100 episodes? A, A, 15, B, 11, C, 13, D, 9. Is this movies like, do you mean Cold War movies that were just filmed during the Cold War or about the the movies take place? The movie is set in the Cold War. Gotcha. I mean, don't, it's not movies that hinge on things that occurred in the Cold War. Right. Cold War movies. What were the options? 15, <laughs> 11, 13, 9. I'm going to go, I'm I'm go, go 11. 11. I, I want to go 13. Zach? <gasps> um, I'm going to go, I'll do 11. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Should I just tell you guys now or should I wait? Well, just tell, just, us just tell us now. Just tell us now, yeah, for sure. All right. Brom. I got it right. With 13, you are the only person to get it wrong. We have watched oh! 11 <laughs> Cold War movies. That was a good bait. Does and that jerk. include the parody of episode 69? Uh, yes, I think, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it does. Yeah. And these numbers do also include tonight's movie as well. Wait, why? So, why oh, uh, you're saying the numbers uh, no, for the No, just like the, see, the questions in general. Will. Yeah, I see, I see. So I assume, you know, from, like there were things like X-Men and stuff like that. I'm like, I bet there's more than people think. Yeah. Guess not. No. Guess not. Yep, just no. All right, question number two. People born from 1901 to 1924 are referred to as the greatest generation, and that's because they gave us a chance to have so many great submarine movies. Mm-hmm. How many World War II submarine movies have we watched in our first 100 episodes? Oh, World War your II choices, Yeah, World War II. Your choices are 21, 22, 24, 27. 24. 24, starting Kiefer Sutherland. 22. Okay, let's see. 24. 21. Let's go off the rails. 
You're going low, huh? All right. Wait, Jamie, you said 24? I said 22. You said 22. Patrick said 24. Yes. All right, Alex, Patrick, and Brom, you are not correct. Oh, he's good at that. Zach. <laughs> Get ready for more of that. 21 <gasps> movies. You you are correct. Yeah. Yeah. I just knew it. I'm good. You knew it, man. All right. Let me see here. Terrorists are defined as a person who uses unlawful <laughs> violence and intimidation, especially against civilization, in the pursuit of political aims. How many times have our actors and actresses been terrorized? Oh, my God. Is a feeling? No, just, it's, uh, the main the main bad guy is a terrorist. No, I'm not saying like I wouldn't use like a super villain as, but you know, a terrorist cell. So, so like, a, got, like a ghost is considered a terrorist, right? I would not consider a ghost because it strikes fear in your heart. Right? It doesn't have For a political, political motivation. Yeah. All right. You got as, 15, we, as far as we know. Yeah, <laughs> they might. Uh, 15, 20, 19, 18. I'm going to go 18. 19. Jamie How many did you 19. say, Patrick? I said 18. I'm going 18 as well. Okay. I'm going to curse Patrick. <laughs> I'm just remembering that oh, there's only one that matters. His name is Cash. Right. I'm going to go the lowest, the 15 one. Okay. And Zach. 18. Jamie. With 19, you are the only one to get it correct. Yes. See, and one big question for you. Did uh, Emperor Palpatine count in that? Because technically, he wasn't a a terrorist. The good guys were the terrorists. I think that counted as a sci-fi flick, Jamie. I I remember correctly. Yes. All right, so that was type of movie section. And now we will move on to the actors and actresses and things in movies section. So, question number four. Creator of the famous body workout, Body Like Borgnine, Mm. Ernest Borgnine has appeared in how many films that we have watched? Three, four, two, or five? Oh, God. Uh, Lucky number three. That's Patrick. Jamie. I think three. Jamie coming out of three. I mean, let's go with three then. Everybody's going three. Everybody is correct. We know. We know. Body by by boring on. Come on. Yeah. He starred in the Neptune Factor, Torpedo Run, one of the best movies, and Ice Ice Station Zero. Okay, likewise, the man, the myth, the legend, Teru Shimada, has been in Phantom Zone a number of times. How many times have we seen him in a movie? Two, three, five, one. Patrick's going to go with two. I'm going to go three. I'm going to go one. Uh-oh. Yeah, I'm going to go one, two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have waited for Jamie to answer. <laughs> two. Zach? Dose. 
Brom, you should have waited because Jamie knows Phantom ah. Zone like the back of his hand. He has been in one film we have That's watched. True. We have not yet watched the Bond film that he's in. We've yeah. only oh. watched Run Silent Run Deep. Yeah. He is in Run Silent Run Deep. It's the only one. <laughs> hope I'm blowing, right. Hope I'm blowing some people's uh, headphones out. I think you just did. <laughs> We are, we are, to we are but just a, just a note for the listeners. We are quickly approaching two hours. <laughs> we are, we are, we're getting through it. Question number six: According to CN Traveler's website, humans are the most deadly creature on Earth. But without humans, how many movies have we watched where the focus is on a deadly animal? And this excludes monster movies like Godzilla. So we have two, three, four. Five. Four. I'm going to go four as well, I think. I think I'm also going to go four. Uh, specifically animals and not monstrous animals. Correct. Um, would this include something like Blue Submarine? No. Those are mutant monsters. Okay. Was uh was Not to was dehumanize was them. four was four an option? Yes. I'll go four. Alex, three. Okay. That's your guess by Alex there. All right. The movies we have watched that contain deadly animals you are all probably thinking of are Silent Venom, yep, Stinger, 2010 Moby Dick. The Meg, which brings us to four. However, you were probably all forgetting about Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. Uh, I definitely remembered that one. I didn't know if we were going to count the Meg or not. Uh, oh, come on, the it Meg. Is a mo- it's an animal. The U.S. The Meg- the USS it's a Indianapolis animal. doesn't count? Yeah, and you just... <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Correct answer yeah, you is even, You even said that like after question one. That <laughs> yeah, we didn't include it all. <laughs> Dang it. Make it six. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Now we are on to the decades. These are movies from decades that we have watched. All right. Question number seven. How many movies have we watched from the decade which the Polaroid camera was invented? It's the 1940s. <laughs> uh, two, four, six, or eight? Four. I'm going to go six. I think I'm going to join Patrick at six. 1940s submarine movies? Yes. I'm going to go eight. Is this me? Yeah. Just you. Um, let me just cherry pick on with Ben. Okay. Alex, alone at number four, you are incorrect. We have watched 49th Parallel, Destination Tokyo, The Silver Fleet, Crash Dive, We Dive at Dawn, and Morning Departure, bringing us to six films. Keep going. Name two more. Those British ones. (laughs) (laughs) All right. A decade that brought us songs like Wonderwall, Baby Got Back, Hit Me Baby One More Time, also had how many submarine movies? It's the 90s, guys. 1925, (laughs) 23... 29. 25. That we've, wa- that we've watched? That we've watched. 
These are all about what we've watched. So 19, 19, 21, 23, 25. 19, 25, 23, 29. 23. 23. 23. Patrick? Yeah, I already said 23. Okay. Everybody but Alex. Applaud yourself. You are correct. Yay. All right. A decade that saw the birth of Disneyland and the death of the king also has how many submersion movies? The 2000s? Seven. Yeah, exactly. The 70s. So we've got four, six, eight, or nine. It's a tough one. Eight. I'm going to go six again. I'm going to go six as well. I'm also going to go six. I'm rolling it with eight. Okay. And Alex? What? What'd you say? Eight. Eight. Ladies and gentlemen, our first stumper... We have only watched four movies from the 70s. It did seem like it was going to be low. Yeah, yeah it seems. 70s. Mm. All right. Not about, not about submarines. That. Huh? So the 70s weren't about, about submarines, yeah. No, man. And no doubt when you're younger, you liked Saturday morning cartoons. We have watched a number of animated films or shows. How many have we watched for this show? Six? Seven, eight, or nine. Wait, really? Those are ones that have animation. Oh, that's right. Yes. I'm gonna go with seven. Lucky number seven. I'm gonna go. Gonna go. Gonna go. Gonna go. Gonna go. No, 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 no. Six. Me too. Six. Did you say eight? Eight is on there. Why not eight? Is there one that nobody's picked? Nine. I'll go with that. No, that sounds crazy. There's no way. Okay. The standalone winner of that question is Patrick with seven animated films. Or TV shows. Or TV shows. Or TV shows, yes. Can't forget Iron Man. Yeah, just Iron Man seven times. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Iron Man. We got The Incredible Mr. Limpet, Super Mm. Atragon, Blue Sub Number 6, Street Shark, Simpsons Tide, Iron Man, and Rambo, Force of Freedom. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Rambo, too. That's it. That is it. I did forget about Rambo. By the numbers. That was amazing, Kyle. Good job. Um, Did we tie? Did we all tie together and hold hands? Yeah, everybody tied. Just yes. love each other. Episode 100. Yay. Yeah. I like that because I really feel like I did not win. <laughs> and with that, who I act- think Patrick should go to bed. Yeah. Who actually, who actually, who actually did win? Who won? Yeah. Let's see here, Jamie. That's going to take a minute to compile this. It's going to be Jamie. Can we all just be silent for exactly one minute? No. Why is it bad air? I can just talk. Yeah. Um, so I've got, there's 75 different farts on the fart app. Here's one. <laughs> All right. Let's get fart. Okay. <laughs> 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 
That's pretty good. This might be the only episode I won't, I won't watch again. I won't listen to again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I can do it. Jamie, I want to say it's you. Is it me? Is that official? Yeah. Well, we can we can update listeners on Twitter or something. Yeah, we can let them know. We are two uh, <laughs> wait, over two wait, hours. Wait, my God. This is a long episode. It could be the longest one ever. So right now is our only opportunity to give our most dedicated fans who are still listening as I say these words, some sort of secret code that down the line we can reference this one moment again and only they will get it. <laughs> Alex sounds like he's on board. <laughs> What's the secret word going to be? That's what we need to come up with. Can it involve... What if it's multiple words? Like is, like, Ed, like, a, like Ed Harris? Like, Do you think anyone will get that? No. Harris, paint... <laughs> So I think they should do. They should have to say the word Snuffleupagus, and then they could then they could also send us a movie, and we'd have to watch it if it has a submarine in it. What if like a hundred people do that? Well, then the first person. Okay. <laughs> so then we change the rules right. on them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's too many listeners. We can't handle. <laughs> well, right now only the diehards are still listening to us come up with an idea to give them something. So that's very true. Oh, I just deleted my recording. So. Uh oh! Whoops! All right. Well, what's the word? JK. I don't know. What's the, what's the hoochie mama? I don't know. No, it's not folk. This is fine. Uh, Irish Irish pork taint. Okay, I like that. So, do we need to make up a story? Because you know, humans learn by stories really well. <sighs> I was eating my Irish pork taint. I feel like we're done with this episode. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com. The Trumpet fanfare you heard at the beginning of this episode was made available under a Creative Commons attribution license. It was created by Humanoid9000 on February 8, 2020, and can be found at freesound.org. A link to the clip called Superhero Fanfare is included in our episode description. Thank you, Humanoid9000.